Welcome to the War and Beast podcast, the podcast that says, when you want a funeral, you gotta do it yourself. I'm Greg. I'm Emily. (laughs) I'm Kendall. I'm Casey. Yeah, what happened to Jordan? I I didn't even hear it. Okay. (laughs) I think think it was like... died! How tragic! You have to have a funeral. It was while while Emily was laughing. Ah, okay. Anyways, yes. So we're all here, and we've got Casey back this week to review uh, Season 2, Episode 9, Code of Hero. My funeral for Jordan. This yeah. this was like this was like probably the most skippable episode, right? It was like nothing happened. <laughs> oh my right? god! Kendall, I will I will <laughs> reach through the microphone. Okay, oh, we got it. Let's get moving. Uh, we got a lot of trivia for this episode. You guys are here. You guys are here to bring the goose because, like, I watched the episode right before recording, and like when I first got on the episode, I think you guys could you could hear the sad. Yeah, voice. You, sa- you sounded a bit choked up. It was. Yeah, it's I watched ass. it even more recently. <laughs> True, but I have a heart, apparently. <laughs> I had you guys in the background, well, so that affected my watch. <laughs> I also haven't seen it in like forever. I didn't know exactly what was going to happen. All right, well, so like some people, uh, I usually just I'll uh, handle my sadness and with like awkward laughing. So uh, awkward laughing, friend to all cybertronians. I'm all I'm all about uh, embracing the emotions. Yeah, absolutely. So the Curious Series co-story editor Bob Ford drew storyboards for this episode and collaborated with the animators for the scenes to impact well. The episode is thus the only one in the series to be directed by the series writers, as well as the only episode to be storyboarded. Uh, Where are you getting this amazing information from? I'm so curious. This is called Kendall Reads IMDb. It's a segment that we have on this uh, show. If you ever listened to the episode, then you would know. (laughs) I I know sometimes, sometimes it's, you might miss it when you skip, when you're, when you're fast forwarding through the, uh, through the intro, the one, the one other part of the podcast that I'm in charge of, you know, just, just so you can keep insulting me. I'm going to have, I'm going to, Hey, I'm not the one who forgot to intro the segment. All right. Look, you know what? This isn't this isn't a comic book. It's not anybody's first episode. If it is, then they're doing it wrong. <laughs> Maybe so. Oh, I mean, I could totally. I could. To- this is a very this, famous episode, so I could totally see someone yeah. looking up, like it Code of Hero. Like, oh, hey, a Beast Wars podcast. Better go to the Code of Hero episode. I. That's I like the people who only that. buy issues of comics that where people die. That's what happens, though. <laughs> like that's that's what whenever there's a major death in comic, my the, the the comic shop owner he's like, "Yep, got all the death people coming in today." You know, people calling so in, they're like, saying? "Up, I heard I heard the character dies in this month, so uh, can you pull aside a copy of a of the Fantastic Four for me?" Another so Robin saying- death. Well, I got to better by this. So what you're saying is that the the listener. Listener, if you've come on this episode, it's the first episode, you know, you're interested in hearing this podcast about, about Beast Wars, about your favorite app, Kendall doesn't want you here. <laughs> yep. Leave. <laughs> yep, go back and listen to uh, listen to previous episodes. Listen I, to the start at the beginning. You, 
I think you can stick around, but you know, Kendall wants you to leave. Okay. <laughs> so the missing man formation used to commemorate the loss of a soldier in battle is seen twice in the episode. It appears in a trio of ravens seen at Dinobot's window at the beginning and in its proper form the maximal, by the Maximal Flyers at the end. Uh, I don't know what that means, but... Uh, oh, the, 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 the three... It's the fly past. Okay. Fly, flybys that, the, yeah. that they did at the beginning and end. Like, yeah. it's, it's something... I actually looked it up when I when I saw that, and it's actually, like, common for U.S. Air Forces, mm. for veterans or people okay. of importance to do a flyby formation like that, and that's called the missing man. Okay, cool. Yeah. Also in the Klingon military. All right. Actually, I have no know. clue if that's accurate. <laughs> I would think they would be be more angrily uh, paying their respects than than doing a missing. I was going to say, well, actually, what they do is they hold your eyes open and then scream into the heavens to let them know that a warrior is coming. Yeah, that, probably yeah knows that's exactly right. What happened? Yeah, no, th- I mean, no, that's correct. <laughs> oh, I thought that was a joke. Okay, <laughs> I, I mean, I didn't remember, but yes, that is correct. That is what they do, basically. Um, you uh, them that a white is coming. As the Predacons jump into the valley to destroy the hominids, Ram- Rampage crushes a butterfly. This seemingly brutal but simple act evokes the butterfly effect, a time travel principle mm-hmm. which dictates that a small change, flap of a butterfly's rings, killing a few dozen hominids, can eventually lead to vast changes. Changes in storm systems, a world away, a dominion of... Predacons over Maximals. That sounds like something I, I, that would be written in the TF wiki. Yeah, um, it actually also mentions that specifically that it is it might uh, evoke the reference of the Ray Bar- Bradbury short story, A Sound of Thunder, where that theory is basically the whole crux of the thing. Okay. A time traveler, you know, goes goes in the past, steps on a butterfly, and thus dramatically alters the nature of humanity. Oh, wait, yeah, is I've that the that one story. where, like, the wrong president gets elected? I'm not 100% sure because I, I don't remember reading that uh, short story. Yeah, there's a, uh, there's a Ray Bradbury short story where um, they have like uh, – and this is it's, – it's, it's so wonderfully dated. Like they have, <laughs> um, they have a, a – you can go on a safari in the past and mm-hmm. they, they know from historical records exactly when a dinosaur is going to – is about to die naturally. So – they very carefully, without, you know, stepping on anything, like they hover or whatever, and then they let you shoot a dinosaur. But as long as it's one of the required, di- you know, one of one of the dinosaurs that you're allowed to, to shoot because it was going to die naturally. Um, and then, you you know, you take it with him. But there's a, yeah, there's a thing where they, they screw up and they accidentally make some minor changes and then they go back and Donald Trump is elected president. Uh. Step on a butt cash. A step on a butterfly. I've read the story. I had to read it in school. Um, that's that. That's so. When I saw that scene, I instantly thought of that myself. Okay, that happens in the story. It's so it is. So it is the story that I was thinking of. I was yeah, step on a, of step the, on a uh, butterfly, and so much shit gets changed. And and it, there is an election thing where it's like, but this other guy just got elected. What's going on? Kind of thing. Yeah. it's not Donald Trump. <laughs> it's, it's not literally Donald Trump. That's true. I mean, like, I, I shouldn't even have to say that. Bradbury did live long enough that he could have theoretically written a story involving Donald Trump. But it is figuratively Donald Trump. Anyway, um, as the... I was just going to say, I was reminded of the Flying Island where we had another butterfly die. Mm. But. Oh, yeah. yeah. Dinobot's Donald final words were taken from sense. William Shakespeare's play Othello, the first two sentences... And Hamlet, the last sentence. These wo- these words are somewhat appropriately the last spoken by Othello and Hamlet. Uh, so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Shakespeare, Star Trek, 
Klingons, you know, I'm sure he it would have sounded better if he said it in the original Klingon. Blah, blah, blah. Moving on. Uh, given Donobot's <laughs> long history of dislikable banter with Rap Trap, it seems ironic or perhaps fitting that when Donobot's spark leaves his body, Rat Trap is the first to salute it. Um, in Japan, the episode was yeah, called right. Abayo, or Farewell. This refers to Dinobot leaving the show. Uh, Oddly, given- not disrespectful. <laughs> it was a lighter, it well, was no, a lighter it show. Been like, adios, dinosaur, the departure of the warrior man. <laughs> uh, given the overwhelmingly positive feedback it received, it is not uncommon for fans to cite this episode as the best Transformers cartoon episode ever to be made. It contributed a great deal of Dinobot's popularity, uh, which resulted in fans voting him a place in Transformers Hall of Fame. Only Beast Wars character to be featured in the Hall's first year. Others were added later. But even so, he beat other longtime fan favorites such as Soundwave, Grimlock, or Devastator. Um, I gotta say, uh, I mean, this was no The Low Road. Uh, oh my God. <laughs> when when Megatron reveals the golden disc, the sound of Earth can be seen inscribed on the disc. Yeah. Uh, right after Dinobot crash lands on Waspinator, Rampage points his cannon at Dinobot with an aim slash view similar to the gun barrel sequence from James Bond films. Mm-hmm. According to Bob Forward, Megatron's transformation sequence had to be reconstructed to be able to show his transformation from underneath. Previously, the animation only worked when seen at eye level or above. It's interesting. Oh, that's really interesting. And finally, during the recording of the episode, Scott McNeil was attempting to deliver Dinobot's last word, but was continually interrupted by laughter from the recording crew. He was reported <laughs> to have said, while still in character, do you mind? I'm trying to die here. <laughs> I have to say it with a face. I love Scott McNeil. <laughs> I, I don't remember how Dinobot sounds. It's been so long since he died. I would have loved to have been <laughs> in that room when that happened. <laughs> Me too. That's and the sad thing is, is that that's literally something that would happen too. Like if yeah. Dinobot was like basically on his last legs, and they were, and oh, his comrades were just Shakespeare again, and he just realized, <laughs> "Do you well, like, mind? like I'm trying to die here?" Yeah, this yeah. is the episode. I, I sh- I sh- this is the episode I should have tried to get Scott McNeil on. Apparently, that would have been really cool. <laughs> uh, the Someday, Warren Beast guest spot. Someday, one day, we'll, one someday day we'll we will get Peter him. Peter Cullen begging to be on here. If that were to happen, I, I would Despite really him not providing a voice in Beast Wars. <laughs> I would take Peter Cullen any day to be on this podcast. That would be like, oh my god, it'd be pretty crazy. I, is that Edward's brother? Like, like, what's this? Is this that? Is this is that? Is this that show I didn't voice in? <laughs> <laughs> it's shit. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm sure Peter Cullen's a, a lovely man. Oh, yeah. He's, he's Canadian. Like, <laughs> he must be lovely, then. He's from Montreal. He does always wear a cowboy hat, often. <laughs> from Montreal. I mean, Neil does, yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, what about the TF Wiki, Jordan? What's What do we got there? <laughs> okay. yeah. um, so, normally, I, I like this. I usually skip animation and technical errors because they're very... Sometimes they're just very minutia like this. There was very one very blatant one. Yeah, uh, I had to actually rewatch to see that. Uh, but at at the end, when Rat Trap is uh, <laughs> is at the uh, console, or whatever, he's in his pre trans metal body. Yep. I didn't even uh, notice that. Yeah. Notice <laughs> yeah um, on one of the releases, the Madman DVD uh, oh, release okay. of of there. Yeah, the commentary says that 
Bob Ford could not believe how the production team, who had viewed this scene at least a, a hundred times trying to get everything right, did not notice the fact they used the wrong rat trap, and yet every fan did. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, well, here's one fan who didn't. <laughs> <laughs> he looks basically the same. <laughs> I mean, he does. The, the coloring is different. That's the difference. Maybe his old beast mode is his uh, his formal wear. <laughs> so there's this is one you were probably going to skip over, but I thought it was interesting was that the interior of the Axelon and thus the doors to Dinobot's quarters oh, yeah. were made at a different scale to his character model, so he could not actually fit through the doorway. Bob Forward explained that it had to be faked by a cut. <laughs> yeah, he's too boots. He's too big. He's a big. This boy. is why you never see him entering or leaving his room. Yeah. <laughs> Which, by the that's way, it's that, such a, like a, a real world thing. It's like, oh yeah, like we got Dwayne Johnson on, and he can't fit through the door, so we had to like <laughs> cut. Like the, the the fact that it's animation, I mean, it just fix that. Like it's hilarious to me. <laughs> um, let's. I'm trying to see if there's any really good continuity errors here because there's quite. They mentioned quite a bit, but. Um, for example, it says that the Voyager disc resembles the old record, complete with being labeled the Sounds of Earth, instead of the design used since its appearance in the first episode. Uh, but they also mentioned, given its origin as a record in a canister, however, it is possible that Megatron is simply taking it out of its case to test his theory of time meddling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that oh, makes sense. Here we go. Uh, this is actually... Uh, as with most of Megatron's plots to alter the timeline, the plan to destroy the human race before it evolves... <laughs> has a critical de- deterministic error. If he succeeds, then the Golden Disk would never have been created by NASA in the future. Megatron would never have acquired it, and thus would not have the foresight to ex- to attempt to destroy the human race. And then the human race would have evolved as normal, creating the Golden Disk in the future, and so on and so bu- so forth. Apparently, time travel in Beast Wars isn't subject to the grandfather paradox. I mean... Uh, what if Megatron's his own grandfather? The... The thing, the thing, the problem that I thought with this episode was not with Megatron's plan, but it was with the Maximals' plan. Like, there's two proto-human things. <laughs> there's two proto-human things. Why doesn't Megatron just kill them later? Like, well, there might have been more than just the two. Yeah, but like, I mean, maybe, but like, maybe he will kill them later. You don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, maybe that is the premise of the entire rest of the series is him attempting to kill the 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 proto humans i don't know but like it seems like it seems like this what you know saving them this one time is not unless i mean unless they unless unless dinobot actually murdered all of the other predacons and they're all actually dead now permanently like <laughs> it it doesn't Maybe what happened was this megatron went back to his base and realized that he would have committed such a grandfather paradox so he decided against it okay maybe <laughs> they left the va- because they didn't finish them off in the valley, they left the valley and went somewhere else. And now Megatron doesn't know where they are. And the only reason he knew where they were was because of the golden disc. Yeah. It's kind of, that's, that, that's flimsy, but it's like... Mm. <laughs> I it's plausible. Okay, here's yeah. my theory. Here's my theory, because I actually have a theory. I okay. think that there are certain points in history that uh, if you... It's, it's like the opposite of Doctor Who. It's kind of like what they... Oh. I think they deal with it in... Um, in legends of tomorrow rules, but like doctor who has fixed points in time that you can't change. Maybe in transformers time travel time time. There are, there are certain points in time that, uh, that you can change and Megatron having had access, he's had access to both golden discs, right? 
Yeah. yeah. Okay. So so he knows so he knows the time travel rules from the Vox and the information about the humans from the human golden disc. So they know he knows that uh, you know as long as as long as he has the guy blow up the half of the mountain uh, now is you know if he'd have had if he'd have had a uh, rampage blow up half of the mountain later it wouldn't have worked he wouldn't have been able to do it but he had to do it right at that exact time. And There'd so this a lot is of a, weird birds just randomly flying in the path yeah. of his shots. Yeah, I mean it's <laughs> it does sort of come down to what Emily said. Yeah, they probably did leave the valley after it was burned to the ground. Yeah, certainly plausible. Yeah, they yeah. Got more snakes. <laughs> yeah, snake. Right. Although, although you know, also you know yeah. what I, what I think really happened is uh, because because the because Dinobot uh, gave gave the proto-human a hammer instead of them him having to figure out how to make it himself. That was the only weapon that humans ever made, and then they never got out of the trees. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Or what maybe, we in a weird twist, they actually would have never invented had they not learned about the ID concept of making a hammer, and that taught uh-huh. them to make other things. And he's the only reason they're not still in the trees. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that is kind of the actual implication. Except for then, then, then blowing up half a mountain doesn't make sense. Oh no, none <laughs> of it makes sense. It's time travel. <laughs> it's timey wimey. Yeah, moving wobbly, timey wimey. I'm, I'm you, you, on, We've had enough Doctor Who references on this program. I, I just don't. I don't like saying. I don't like timey wimey. I don't like that term, but it does. <laughs> it does actually explain. It, it is. It does have a very specific implication that is that it is has a practical true. use it's just been used so much yeah. that it's bad <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so what else yeah. do we have there jordan um there's some continuity notes uh such as you know dinobot is uh of course dealing with the fallout from his temporary defection as seen in maximal no more mm-hmm. um <clears throat> rhinox refers to the transport cell well, they say the transwarp wave, which was in plant when the Planet Buster or other voices, but I thought he said cell, which was the ship that blew up, right? Uh, well, a cell. They had a transwarp cell in the ship that exploded. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. Yeah. That's what caused. Like they, they're talking. The 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 bullet point is talking about the Planet Buster from the yes. end of the first season, which I thought they were talking about the other ship. But uh. oh well. Uh, Tarantula mentions that Megatron doesn't want anyone downloading more copies of the disc data, referring to Black Arachnia's little heist in Coming of the Fusars Part 2. And then they point out gadgets and powers, such as uh, Megatron can turn his tail into a record player by retracting the tip. (laughs) Uh, Optimus Primal can fly in robot mode, although he apparently prefers to fly around in beast mode. And Cheater can spray fire extinguisher while in beast mode. (laughs) Well, I mean, I assume that they... I, I thought that, that they just gave him fire extinguisher to use. I didn't think he had well, something naturally yeah. made. But, actually, he still, but he still can do it as a as a cheater. cheater. So sure. so what you're saying is what you're saying is if if uh if if they hadn't taken the time to equip Cheetor with the fire extinguishers, they probably would have showed up in time to save Dinobot. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no they'd have to equip anything. If he can fart energon, then he can piss fire extinguishing fluid. <laughs> All right. So, Transformers. That's reference. a thought I wasn't thinking I would have in my head, but now I have it in there. Um, Megatron states that it was thanks to humans that the Autobots won the Great War, likely referring to the exploits of the Witwickies. Yeah, 
Uh, apparently, nobody bothered to remember the contributions of the Nebulons. That's a whole other planet. Let's make a trying to do about that. Uh, then we've got real-world references. Uh, as we mentioned, the golden disc that he stole turned out to be the golden records from the Voyager uh, space probe. Um, they also mentioned that, that said, this golden disc can apparently play video, because it's a laser disc. Uh, as the Predacons... <laughs> jump- oh, wait, no, wait, we already talked about that. Sorry. It was just the... the, the butterfly uh, effect. Yeah, butterfly effect. Um... Let's see, when Dinobot is leaving the base, he comments that a deed once done cannot be undone. A slight modification of the Shakespearean quote, what is done cannot be undone. Uh, D- oh, wait, points out Dinobot's Shakespearean stuff. Um, Dinobot quotes Shakespeare, gasp. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, Beast Wars story editors Bob Ford and Larry Ditello worked various references to the online Transformers fandom into the series. In this case, Cheater citing Tangu Sector was a reference to the screen name of Rob Gerbeck, who went to become one of the writers of the Wreckers comic book series. Oh, nice. I was wondering about that. I was like, why aren't they throwing a random Japanese mythology <laughs> reference out of nowhere? Aren't they usually in, like, Gamma Sector or yeah. something like that? Uh, the final shot of the episode, a proto-human discovering the power of tools and triumphantly hur- hurling the weapon into the air, followed by a pan into space, is evocative of 2001, A Space Odyssey. Yeah. I got that impression from it, too. Yeah. Um, let's see. There's a few trivia that wasn't mentioned from the IMDb, such as those, the storyboards that uh, Kendall mentioned. They were actually auctioned for, for charity at uh, at a BotCon. Oh, nice. Um, let's see here. love to see those. I hope they have them on the internet somewhere. Uh, according to McNeil, Dinobot knew he was going to die five episodes before he did, as right yeah. up until the last second. He he believed Dinobot to only be cartoon dead as opposed to dead dead. Yeah, I remember hearing about this. He's uh, like, oh, so when are the, when he's when is he coming back? They're like, he's not Scott. He's dead. Yeah, but <laughs> no, he's dead. You have like three other characters, Scott. Chill out. <laughs> I mean, he's a dinosaur. He's supposed to be extinct. Um. <laughs> I thought you meant like Dinobot knew he was going to die. That's why I was like, yeah, yeah, totally. Because I mean, that makes sense to me. Because that he. Um, well, and then. I, well, no, it's saying that Dinobot knew as well as him, but it's just he thought it was. The voice actor thought it was just going to be cartoon dead as opposed to dead dead. Yeah, 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 totally. Well, you know, I mean, it, I don't think it makes that much sense for Dinobot to know that he was going to die. It would have made sense if Cheetor knew. That Dinobot was going to die, you know, because he's got that's this true. psychic ability. That's pretty Shakespearean. Used that in a while. Your own no, death. they haven't. His, his, like, his, that's his... pretty Shakespearean to anticipate your own death, though. That's that's mm-hmm. in line. Um, we're not well, talking maybe... about themes. We're talking about the natural <laughs> ability of cheetahs seen to the future. <laughs> oh, I think the so ravens. Fast. Obviously, he saw those three ravens fly in the missing man formation and thought, "Oh, this is foreshadowing my death." <laughs> yeah. Now, now, what we don't see is when he sees that, like when he's seen that, like thirty-five other times that he's like, "Yes, I suppose today is a good day to die." It's like, he's just—it's not that he's home. Well, maybe tomorrow. It's, it's <laughs> not that he knew when he would die. He just knew I'm, it's going to be soon. I mean, I keep seeing these ravens flying missing man formations. Well, it's probably a missing man formation because he probably ate the fourth raven. <laughs> <laughs> Nevermore. <laughs> so, so what happens uh, in this episode? Let's let's wait, get wait. into. I wanted to oh, okay. I wanted to point out uh, how we were talking about the Japanese and their tasteful 
uh, title. Yeah, but um, it's mentioned that in a shocking display of restraint on director uh, Yoshikazu I- Iwanami's part, the excessive ad-libbing satir- sat- satir- satirical thank you, satirical fourth-wall jokes and major script changes are kept to a relative minimum. Instead, the episode tries, tries to adhere to the somber tone of the original English-language version. Still, hmm. though comparatively... Re- Restrained in its use of ad-lib, ad-lib g- gags, there remained plenty to be had. So they actually did kind of like try to keep this one serious. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, if there was an episode on. for them to actually do that, it would have been this one, I think. Interesting. I see in here, apparently uh, the last episode, Bad Spark, was released theatrically in Japan and not broadcast on television. As part oh, of yeah. That's, yeah, so for uh, the Japanese audiences, this was the first time they got to see Rampage. Oh, so well, the Japanese non-movie viewing audiences, at least. Mm. Weird. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was horror movie themed. Why does well play it in the theaters? I suppose that does make sense. And sure. Sort of <laughs> I mean, this, this is like war movie themed, and like yeah. I don't know. It's it's it's, it's choice. Yeah, go take the, take all your kids to go see the happy fun times of Dinobot dying. <laughs> theaters. <laughs> So do we have anything I, else? I, I, I think that's that's it. I mean, okay. you know, other than what we've discussed and another little bits and pieces that aren't too interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is Rhinox's last appearance in Beast Mode in the entire series. <laughs> For the rest of it, he's just in Robot Mode the whole time. Oh my god, is that really true? Right yeah. This. <laughs> oh, I didn't even realize. I I probably wouldn't have noticed to be honest. He's he's been hanging back a lot. <laughs> Uh, so yes, getting to the episode. Uh, this episode, we we initially start off in space and we do a zoom in uh, through the atmosphere into a sort of a jungle-esque valley. And uh, once in this valley, we get a shiny look. I'm sorry, but the bird looked like it had somehow bathed in oil because it was really shiny. This is a metal. <laughs> Dinobot was trying yeah. to eat them. He was he was trying to get them deep fried in oil. Yeah, it. Um, but yes, we have a rabbit who who lands on a branch and flutters around, caws, and then we cut to a couple of. Uh, how, how are we going to describe? Are, are we going with anthropoid? Is that what we're uh, saying here? They could be man. called yeah hominoids or proto hominoids. Okay, I'll go with hom- I'll go with hominoids. Um, so we have a couple hey, of hominoids. <laughs> who who are uh, I think they're trying to eat bugs on sticks. I thought he was yeah. testing how sharp that stick was. It looked like he was poking the tip of his finger. I think he I'm going to give him the mouth. benefit of the doubt and say it was eating the bugs on the sticks because that's what the real cave people did. Yeah, but mm. uh, as as they're as they're distracted playing with their sticks, and I can only assume <laughs> eating bugs, uh, we get a a rather large snake. Um, not the snake that we normally see, uh, but or the still other a, snake that we saw. Yes, uh, but st- still a fairly large snake uh, that sneaks up on them. Uh, one of them, one of the hominids, uh, freaks out and he's like, "Oh!" And then we then get the snake uh, coiling up for an attack, and then we cut to the ravens who flutter around uh, in the sky, and then we fade to. Uh, Dinobot's sword, the blade turning. In the same as, formation as the Ravens. Yes. 
and him him kneeling, and this is also where we get the uh, the formation that was spoken of earlier. And as Dinobot looks out his window, we see the sun, and it almost looks like a golden disc. Now, you can actually see the the uh, Clone One skin in the background too. Yes, we do see the Clone One skin. Speaking of um, Dinobot eating animals, yeah. <laughs> um, we we then get Dinobot who flips the sword and he's holding it um, with the point down. And because I, I was actually I looked at this earlier and it was sort of confirmed for me because I was curious about it. The impression that I got from this scene initially was that he was contemplating suicide. Yeah, and same. yeah, like seppuku kind of thing. Yeah. And it, it it is confirmed on like the TF wiki that talks about it. Oh yeah, sorry, I didn't know if we wanted to talk about that. They well, actually had to edit it out. Yeah. In the UK. Yeah. Oh. I had a feeling that was the case because for a show like this, because I'm pretty sure this show is like TVY seven or yeah. even just Y, so it, it seemed a bit racy for a show like this at the time to have a character that was contemplating suicide in such a serious manner. Um, But it sort of makes you feel for Dinobot in that you you can see that he's got a lot of conflict going on right now. Um, I just figured he was doing some kind of weird meditation. I did not get the suicide. Yeah, Klingon meditation techniques. Actually, take that back because Klingons are all about ritual suicide. So this adds to it. But no. but like really like it seemed like it did seem like kind of a warrior meditation thing. But yeah, okay, suicide. Good like, time. Yeah, Wolf I got, tries I got, to kill himself so many times in the next generation. It's weird. <laughs> I, I got the Sapuki thing reference, but I, I I couldn't see kids getting it. Like I've no. been thinking like Kendall was. Um, well, yeah, like for me when I saw this episode when I was younger, I never got that impression. But looking like watching this episode now. The way he's holding the sword, and the way he's acting, yeah. it's like it, it. It made it gave me pause, and and when I was looking earlier today, I was like, oh my god, he like they they sort of did try and convey that with this scene. So I mean, being I a being a horrible weeb, I recognize yeah. Sapuku. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, I was actually gonna say that I remember being a weeaboo back back in the day, and I was like, oh, he's a sam like he's doing the samurai honor thing. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of horrible weebs and embarrassing teenage times do you think there are any amvs of the footage from this set to cut my life into pieces uh, yes uh, yeah i god i hope so oh god i hope so <laughs> well the song's um, called last resort just for the record cut my life into pieces this is my this last, my resort. last Suffocation. Breathing, don't give up. If I got my arm bleeding, did you just did you just censor yourself? <laughs> you yeah, because he was version. singing the radio edit version of that song. Nobody yeah. ever bought that yeah. CD. Exactly. Um, I downloaded the MP3 though. <laughs> that's true. Um, that's true. I did download it on on Napster. I, I had a MIDI version of it too. Um, <laughs> my actually, my son saw this live. Like Papa Roach came here, I think last year. Oh, I thought you meant the episode, and I was like... No, no. Yeah, you were oh. right there. He probably could have just watched it over your shoulder. Yeah, yeah. He got to hear it live from the band, so... That's awesome. Um, well, I'm glad I'm yeah, glad that I, I'm glad that, uh, that the lead singer of Papa, Papa Roach was able to deal with that, because, you know, because apparently yeah. he was... Cut the place to the side! <laughs> uh, so, uh... I know, that mutilation searching. would have been out of sight. 
was in his mind. I wish somebody would tell him he was fine. Um, I, I, I like this shot a lot of the sword and the light, and, and I, I thought it was a good choice for questions post to have that. I was going to say, sorry, Jordan, what were you going to say? Only look at Googling Dinobot AMV only gives me a YouTube video of uh, Dinobot's AMV monster. <laughs> Wait, which mon- which song that is called <clears throat> Monster? I, I don't know. I'm just this is just the top result on the page that I got under the videos tab. Mm-hmm. I hope it's the uh, Imagine Dragons song. <laughs> <laughs> a monster, a monster, I turn into a monster. Trying trying to remember this like it's like anyway. this video back. Okay, never mind. I'm, yeah, moved, I'm moving on. You don't want to talk more about AMVs? No. I always uh, wanted to do a sister psychic to uh uh to um Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> Moving on. Yes. So we get uh Dinobot who he he gets frustrated, winds up throwing his sword against the wall, and we then uh we have the sword sort of laying on the floor of his room, and we then cut to Optimus coming up the, the elevator chute into the, the command center of the Axelon. He was not contemplating suicide. No. He he asked uh, Rhinox what's going on, as apparently he's been called in. And we get a rather I love this part. A rather comical moment where Rhinox literally says, Remember that trans warp cell explosion? And then we get Optimus just looking at him like he has three <laughs> heads. And he says, Okay, stupid question. <laughs> what I love about that is that other like other shows like would have just had that, and then Optimus say like exactly what it was for exposition. But like, instead of like, we need to have his exposition catch people up, but also that's stupid. So they made a joke out of it. I love that. I fucking <laughs> died, Rhinox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the thing that killed me. Yeah, I remember it. <laughs> Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> so well, I think I'm ready to forgive Rat Trap for stealing my room. Now I get to be mad at you. <laughs> I like Rhinox's uh, read of the okay stupid yeah. question and his little hand wave thing he does <laughs> yeah. so he he goes on to start explaining that with the the explosion of the planet buster that there's a temporal wave front that's moving into the future at an, at an accelerated rate and we get like a spiffy little graph on the screen um, he then goes on to say it'll reach Cybertron in approximately 2.21 decacycles they're going to know where they are. The question is that Optimus poses is has Megatron made the same calculations? So, and, so just, just for my, and I may be remembering this wrong. Mm-hmm. A decacycle is not very long. Like mm-hmm. it can't be very long because, uh, it, it, there were, because when, uh, when Rhinox went to the, was in the CR chamber, uh, at the end of last season, he was in it for like two mega cycles, which yeah. is a million cycles. And a deca cycle, the deca means 10. So that would be 10 cycles. Well, just because it'll reach them doesn't mean they'll get back right away. So, so I always thought of cycles as like uh, the, the best I've, the best I've figured is, is that it's about a minute because they always talk about, you know, in blah, blah, blah cycles. So, mm-hmm. so in like, in like 20 minutes, <laughs> they're gonna know yeah, where they, they are by the end of the episode. They'll know. Where <laughs> <laughs> ah, good point. Yeah, that that but that is something that that I 
noticed as well. It's like, wait, isn't Decca supposed to be less than Mega? I so it, <clears throat> it makes me wonder yeah. if the writers really didn't understand that concept of time. I think they were just throwing words. Or around. oh yeah. wait, or maybe there actually was a maybe there actually was a time jump between the seasons. Because I just real I just realized that I was saying that that I thought it seemed like there was a time jump, but the fact that Rhinox was just getting out of the was just getting out of the CR chamber uh, suggested that there wasn't a time jump. Maybe there was a time jump. <gasps> maybe I don't. I doubt it. But meh. I'm sure that someday in the future they'll say there actually was a time jump, so that they could add in like a in between seasons comic tie-in. <laughs> Sounds good to me. I'm on board. <laughs> um. From this discussion, uh, Optimus... That's not true. Uh, I don't buy IDW comics. <laughs> um, Optimus uh, suggested they, that they start increasing the base's defenses as they figure that Megatron might try something as far as an attack. Uh, from here, we then uh, cut back to the hallway outside of Dinobot's room. We've got Rattrap working on a uh, sort of like a junction, I guess. Uh Dinobot comes out of the room, <laughs> and yeah, actually, oh my god, I just realized this now. Yeah, that door is it's way a too lot small. smaller. <laughs> it's like you see Dinobot coming out of the door normally, and then once it comes to the hall, you realize that the door is like two feet shorter than what he is. Yeah, so it's, 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 it's like half as tall. His, goes from having his head be right at the top of the door to it being way above the door. Yeah. So unless you like crawled out on his knees and then miraculously stood up in less than a second, it would be God, really funny. That should be rat trap seeing that. Yeah, <laughs> this is always awkward. Yeah. <laughs> um, we we get a bit of an exchange between uh, Dinobot and Rat Trap here. Uh, he, rat Trap essentially is like, well, if it isn't the irascible Raptor. And Dinobot goes on to say the base remains infested with vermin, I see. He also knocks his shoulder into him. All like Yes. Yeah, like a bit of a shoulder nudge there. Classic shoulder check. Yeah. Um, Trap goes on to say, yeah, funny, you know, not much changes around here, except maybe the occasional allegiance. He then... So a shoulder check is as equal as a hip, tra- uh, hip, hip check in hockey. Yes. <laughs> Just wanted to point that out there. Hmm. Well, this is a at least half Canadian podcast. <laughs> it's true. Yep. Um, Rattrap goes on to say, "Found any golden discs lately? Pass them on to any Predacons." Dinobot is rat trap himself. Yeah. Uh, Dinobot turns around and basically gets in Rattrap's face and says that he doesn't need to explain his actions to him. And Rattrap's like, "Yeah, that's right. You don't, because they they pretty much speak for themselves." So, Rattrap's got two pretty good <laughs> Um Dinobot then says, push it. Go ahead, Rodent. Push it one more inch. And then we get Rattrap actually shoving Dinobot back yeah, into the wall. Push. Yeah. Much more than an inch, though. He... Yeah. And so we get uh, Rattrap saying, you know, I used to figure I had you pegged. Sure, he's a slag spouting Saurian, but at least you know where he stands. And then he says, guess we live and learn, huh? So Hanging he... on the edge of tomorrow. Mm. Live and learn. All the, All the words are 
<laughs> so Rat Trap winds up tapping the the wall of the console, the and the wall sort of closes, and he starts walking off. And Dinobot, after he's gone, he he has a sort of a, a moment where he's like, "The rodent's words give off the stench of truth." So his inner monologue was outside again. Yes. See, I I think I think. I think there is a corollary to our fourth and fifth laws where if they actually do try to do a dramatic inner dial, uh, like he was actually trying to do an actual dramatic like speech or something, and instead it was his inner dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. He hurt my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> Comes down to that, but uh. So one of the one of the things he that Dinobot notes with his little inner dialogue moment here is destiny has one great test in store for us all. And then he wonders whether his has already come. And if so, has he failed? He, he then starts walking down the hallway and transforms into his beast mode. We then cut outside and the elevator is lowering with him in it. And he's got one of his <laughs> guns. Yeah, this shot to me, a raptor holding a pistol. Look out, it's a raptor with a gun. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he cocks it. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> like Shadow the Hedgehog cocking a slug machine gun. Yeah. Oh my god, Dinobot. Like, exclusive game where he's just like, oh god. I'd play that. Of course, Instead of riding isn't... a motorcycle, he rides Rat Trap. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe Tarantulas. Oh, Foreshadowing. Oh, good segue. Um, we do. This is also the scene where we get. Uh, Dinobot saying a deed once done cannot be undone. So a little bit of Shakespeare coming into play there. And as he's preparing to run off, he says, but perhaps it may yet be mitigated. Uh-huh. And then he, he goes off into the wilds. And from he here, it's a really, cut- really small gun. Yes, it is a really <laughs> rat- small gun. It's Rathraff's gun. looks like. Yeah. yeah. Although it looks even smaller than Rashraf's normal gun, I found. Well, that's because he's holding it and he's huge. I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> I was say, you, that last scene really illustrated how much taller he is than Rat Trap. <laughs> so well, I mean, we, he is a rat, so you know. yeah. So we we've cut to Cheetor now, who's flying over the valley that we saw at the start of the episode. He's radioing in as he has discovered that. Crabby and crab legs have been spotted. <laughs> um, with the nicknames. <laughs> One thing I want to note, uh, just in like a, a personal thing that I noticed, was that his ears are flapping in the wind as he's flying, but he's yes. a transmetal. Mm. So, like, you'd think his ears would be like kind of set where they are. So, that kind of, Im- I mean, again, overthinking nerdness, but it kind of implies that the transmetal forms are malleable, like flesh, which yeah. is kind of cool. Well, I mean, that is the. Huh. His ears are blue instead of the rest of his metal heads, so maybe they're like made of some type of fiber of some well, they're kind. Supposed, they're know. supposed to still be biotechnology, even though they're transmetal, so it's like, yeah, it's kind of interesting. But yeah, yeah. I, just, I digress. Maybe it's like Batman's <laughs> cape, he like shoots electrical signals through it. Yeah. Sheedor can make his ears not flap by shooting electrical signals. Well, he's got to use that excess energon somewhere. If his yeah. engines ever give out, he can use them to glide by shooting electricity through them. It's his ears, yeah. Like Knuckles the Echidna and his dreads. Yeah. 
I can't believe Knuckles the Echidna could shoot electricity to make his dreads go tall. Yeah, it's crazy. I didn't really mention that. It's, it's one of those like um, Super Saiyan things. That I was going to say necessary secondary powers that these keep. Oh. I was just going to say that's their way of going Super Saiyan is just electricity and then it, everything spikes. His way of going Super Saiyan is getting all the Chaos Emeralds and becoming Super Knuckles. <laughs> Flash is pink. So that is a thing? Anyway. Super Knuckles is a thing? Okay. Yes, well, actually, it, wasn't it Hyper Knuckles? Um, it is in the comics, but in the game, it's never referred to as such. Okay, just, I, uh, yeah. Just I blame my childhood friend who was way into lots of Sonic stuff. Well, it's it's because the comic wanted to to like separate Knuckles and Sonic more, and I and I and, it, and eventually there was Turbo Tails. And, uh, and, Turbo Tails, <laughs> that I remember. Yeah. Anyway, we're getting way off topic here. <laughs> and then in Sonic Heroes, they just got some fucking shields. Nope, 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 nope. So I was nope. playing Doctor Robotnik's Mean Machine the other day. <laughs> this is the Sonic podcast now. No, not for this episode. This episode's too important. Yes. Well, I mean, there are a lot of similarities between Meh. Vector the Crocodile and Dinobot. No. I don't no. think so. Actually, <laughs> I was gonna. Actually I don't think. I didn't think about that. They're not very similar. <laughs> Dinobot is definitely Knuckles, though. Like, that's... I mean, yeah, because unlike Sonic, that. he doesn't chuckle. He's kind of like... Shit. He'd rather flex his muscles. He's, he's more I of hate a all of you. We're <laughs> moving <laughs> on. We already did compare him yeah. to Shadow earlier, so that's pretty apt. Yeah. So, yes. Getting back to the episode at hand, Cheetor uh, is radioing in to report... Meg- spotting Megatron and uh, Rampage, who both transform and proceed to start shooting at him incessantly. Like Scott McNeil, he voiced uh, Vegeta, and Shadow is Song the Hedgehog's Vegeta, so it it matches, is all I want to say. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so the problem here is Cheetor needs... Cheater is once again obeying the fourth and fifth laws and saying against. all that shit way too loud and catching Scott, their attention. <laughs> Scott McNeil also voiced Piccolo, and, and Knuckles is the Sonic the Hedgehog's Piccolo, so... True. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> you sure? Yeah. He, okay. Just making sure. I'm done now. Okay. It's the Gohan slash Tails. Oh, God damn it. Anyway. Uh, Charmy B. Yeah. So... <laughs> Cheetor gets a hold of Dinobot, who appears to be inspecting what would look like some of Tarantulus's uh, webbing. And he winds up responding to Cheetor, who is reporting in with the uh, with Megatron and Rampage, uh, attempt- attempting to teach him a bit of a lesson, or rather he's trying to teach them a solo lesson. Um Problem is, is that they're slow learners, and just as he says that, he's shot out of the air. Well, and we actually, and we actually get yeah. a moment of Dinobot. Like, oh, I was gonna say that Cheetor is like falling with his yeah. like weapon now because he can't shoot while in in in, in like beast form. I thought that was kind of interesting where he has to like transform, shoot, and then retransform before he falls to the ground. <laughs> but uh, Dinobot really actually uh, seems to have. Cons- some concern for Cheetor here is oh, he's yeah. like, Cheetor, are you injured? He's like, yeah, I'll survive. But someone's got to follow up on Megatron and find out what he's up to. He's clearly like worried about Cheetor. Like, yeah. Absolutely upset, which I love. Yeah. And we get a pretty badass moment here where it cuts back to Dinobot and he, he flings the gun up into the air. 
we lose sight of it on the screen. He transforms, and he's like, fear not, Cheetor. And then he catches the gun and cocks it, and he's like, someone most assuredly will check into this. And he keeps talking that gun, but he hasn't shot it. Yeah. He's, he's just like, and, I want to waste ammo, please. It reminds me of that Simpsons episode where everybody's cocking their shotguns. Maybe he shot something on the way here. Oh, maybe. Maybe it was maybe he started contemplating suicide again, but then he like turned it away at the last second and shot upwards. Oh god. Oh. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So we we've now come to a scene of a is this like an antelope? I think uh, so. Stuck in the web. Maybe an eye. Either I yeah, thought it was or, a deer, but I didn't really well give much thought to it. If it's in if we're it would probably be something like that. So yeah. So I just looked at, I looked at the horns closer and I'm like, oh yeah. Oh. Yeah, Greg, we eat the antelope. <laughs> <laughs> Lion King. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So we, we then cut to Tarantulas, who is inside, and he notices that his trap has been sprung, so to speak. He's he's caught his dinner, I guess you could say. Which has him pretty sprung, too. Yeah. So <laughs> You're not wrong, is the sad part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's pretty excited. Um, the, he has this big rock set up in front of the entrance that slides away, and he starts walking out in his beast form to approaching this this gazelle he's savoring it he's not he's not rushing he's like walking yeah yeah usually to yeah kill. Well, i mean it's trapped in a web he's just like i might as well enjoy the terror yeah the yeah. only way i can get my kicks and we get like a triple <laughs> zoom in to his face slash dick beak very silly face <laughs> and uh, upon the the third zoom in it pauses and then we get like a bit of a screen shake and it pans down and we see Dinobot's hand holding the gun underneath of Tarantulas. As Tarantulas transforms, Dinobot bursts up from the ground and literally gets a hand around his neck and holds the gun up to his head. Uh, from here, we then get uh, Dinobot sort of interrogating Tarantulas a bit about the golden disc. And he does have a pretty good line where he says, your base was betrayed by the stench of your perversions. Yeah, coming from yeah. the guy who ate his own clone alive. Yeah, yeah but he didn't <laughs> get off to it. He knocked him out before he ate it. Are you sure? I think he did kind yeah, of get I'm off pretty, to I'm it. Pretty, well, it's hard right. to say. We will never know at this point. Yeah, but he only did it the one time. Tarantulas just, this is it. Tarantulas is every day. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying, throwing some shade there. <laughs> he goes on to to try and get Tarantulas to to tell him what was on the disc. Tarantulas says that he doesn't know, as Megatron won't risk a security breach again and does not keep any copies. And he, he the only thing he does is he keeps the original disc on him at all times. Uh, Dinobot then goes on to say that. He'll go to Megatron then, and Tarantula says, good luck catching up to him. He's miles away. <laughs> to which Dinobot just sort of grins. And then we cut to Tar Tarantulas in his vehicle form, 
sort of <laughs> peeling out and, and Dinobot uh, running on top of him. I also, really wanted him to ride it like a motorcycle. Yeah, that was out all those cool. times riding Rat Trap gave him some inspiration. Yeah. Did we mention he freed the gazelle? Yes, he. Okay, he cool. I forgot. I, yeah, I forgot shot down the web, and he was like, "Get out of here!" Because that's how spider webs work. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you know? You just shoot him. To, maybe it was some type of electrically charged spider web, and with that's how I get connected yes. to its source. It's his, it's his inner John web. Thus, by yeah. basically disrupting it, he was free. Is that not how you get rid of spider webs in your house? With guns, yes. That's what I do. Yeah, I'm well, American. It, I suppose yeah. it beats the other option <laughs> of just burning the house down. Exactly. Yeah, actually, I saw a spider today, and I left it alone because, gosh darn it, I think they're okay. Spiders are good, are good, good little little peeps. Yeah, except for the ones that you know try and eat everything, and you expect their filters to adjust. <laughs> I say, except for the giant ones who are also predacons. Yeah, or the ones that are living in Even Australia. The Blackarachne is not so bad. Yeah, pretty cool. But yeah, the spiders in Australia freak me the fuck out. I mean, don't. Maybe they're all secretly the descendants of tarantulas. <laughs> or those little spider bots. Oh, that could be. See, that's a much cuter idea. Yeah. Oh, could you imagine that the, the spider, a spider rock grew up to be a tachikoma? Oh, cute. It's <laughs> nice <laughs> uh, to think about good, happy things about. But uh, but but just show. make sure a just horrible remake. Just make sure that it that it's a white Tachikoma. Uh, I just said I didn't want to think about the horrible American remake. <laughs> was it actually bad? I didn't see it yet. Oh, it did like trash, it. and they I made actually... it about a white about a Japanese person in a white person's body, which is pretty shitty. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, be- but that's not necessarily that doesn't necessarily mean that it's just because it's problematic doesn't mean it's bad. I'm pretty sure it was bad, considering how well it did at the box office. Yeah, just to say I, heard, not at I didn't all. hear very good things about it, and it wasn't just yeah. the problematic stuff. Yeah, it makes me feel so bad I, for Scarlett Johansson, but oh well. Eh, I don't, I don't feel so bad for her. for her. Yeah, I was gonna say, forget her. She's got <laughs> lots of bad shit. <laughs> I mean, look at uh, what was that dumb one about the ten percent brain? Oh, bullshit. Avengers. <laughs> no, no, no Lucy. that wasn't ten percent. Lucy. Yeah, yeah, she was in that dumb thing that also was rude to Asian people. She has a track record. <laughs> oh my! I heard Lucy yes. Lucy was good, like kind of sci-fi comfort food. Do like you speak English? <laughs> you don't speak English, so I'll kill you. Mm. Oh, mm. <laughs> okay. Hey, not me. It's Lucy. Yeah. Anyway, and uh, yeah. Let's not yeah. talk about Bad Scarlet Johansson. Yeah. Let's talk about Beast Wars, the good show for good. Yeah. So we, we've cut back to the valley now, and we've got more of the... Oh, God, I can't even remember what I called them before. Hominids? Yes, Hom- hominids. There's... Oh, I'm trying to remember. Was there three of them now? I think I there's think there three was, of them now. Yes, there was three of them. Um, they still look really funny. Yeah. they. One of them happens to look up into the sky and sees Megatron sort of floating in the air using his jets. Oh my god, and, a flying Tyrannosaurus Rex! <laughs> and it was really... At one point, when Megatron moves through the air, it made it look like he was kind of chubby. 
I was like, oh, it's a cute, chubby-looking T-Rex. Uh, there is actually an animation error marked there, I think, where you can kind of see his like suddenly pop out or, yeah. or thing. But, yeah. He's a chubby boy. Yeah. But then um, we get the, I think what you were talking about earlier, Jordan, where we see him transform from underneath. And it certainly looks a bit different. He winds up landing on this hill and we get Rampage in his crab form sort of crawling up his item. Crabbing it up. Yep. And Megatron looks towards a mountain that's off in the distance and makes mention that it will serve their purpose. (laughs) Rampage goes on to say, you brought us all this way to look at scenery? (laughs) Megatron then holds up the spark in in its uh, spiky-looking case, and says, I don't care for your tone, Rampage, and proceeds to squeeze his spark. <laughs> Still fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You think Megatron's uh, getting off to this? Yeah. I hope not. A little bit. I like yeah. how I got the two opposite answers. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say there's a 50-50 chance. Yeah. Well, it's the opposite because I also hope not, but I just don't think it's. I just, hope, I just hope that I just hope that at some point Rampage like just decides to like stop being a pussy and like. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, yeah, his his uh, yeah, the squeezing his little spark thing. It's like whatever, you know, just just overcome the pain because it's not going to actually do anything to hurt him because he's an immortal spark. It just hurts a bunch. Like, oh yeah, because if somebody look, look. starts squeezing half of your heart that was cut out, you'd be doing so great. It's it's like the saying goes: <laughs> like just because you're immortal doesn't mean you can't feel pain. Yeah, well, just be better at it. <laughs> be He's better immortal, at it. Not, not entirely. If involved. the pain knocks the wind out of your lungs, you're not going to be able to breathe or move. He's very a robot. Well. He doesn't have lungs. I know, but I'm just saying, like if it's he has that kind of lungs. There's actually going to be a yep. line that Rampage says in the third season, Kendall. That is going to perfectly line up with your line of thinking. Okay. Yeah. Now I remember this line very distinctly because I've tried to like mentally have that thought in my head at times when I've been in pain. So when when it comes, I'm I'm gonna try and make a mental note to to say yes, you were right that he should he should be saying that to himself. But anyway, <laughs> it will come up eventually. But yes, so after Megatron gets his jollies squeezing Rampage's spark, we uh, then get him ordering Rampage to transform and take out the mountain. Well, wait, you forgot that he also took out the disc. Oh, yes. (laughs) He spits out the, he ejects the disc from his shoulder pads or something. Yeah, from his disc drive, remember, Jordan? Yeah. We decided on this last episode. And then he turns his tail into a laser disc player. Yes. And he does also make mention that he's expecting that they're going to get a visit from Cybertron very soon. So he did do calculations, as Optimus predicted. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we get Rampage actually saying, I equally anticipate your imminent demise then. (laughs) (laughs) Megatron doesn't even sass him. He's just like, yeah, that could be an issue. Let's uh, fuck with time to make that not happen. I love that. I love that he... um... Kind of like he's like, well, that may be the case, but yeah. <laughs> but he's like, but only if reality remains as it is. So he then proceeds to to use the disc to show a video of the mountain in question that they're looking at without snow on it, and the yes. surroundings are a little different. I think like it's not the same shape. 
Yeah. It's the mountain in the future past. It could also just be a different angle. That's, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So Erosion happens over thousands of years. But yeah. apparently not on that specific mountain because it's in the exact same shape. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's a badass mountain, okay? Jeez. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, sorry. Let's continue. Yeah. <laughs> so Megatron uh, goes on to say, my dear Rampage, if you please. And Rampage like, you presume to order me and then Megatron just sort of taps his chest to indicate, you know, I could just squeeze your spark again. So Rampage resignedly transforms into his tank mode, initially pointing the the nozzle of his gun at Megatron, like right dead to sights at his head. And we get and a snapshot of down the muzz of the muzzle, yeah. Yeah. And a smug look of Megatron. Yeah. Megatron's like, You're not gonna do it, punk. Yeah. Listen. So Listen, okay, uh, Rampage is a brat, but he's still a sub, okay, so... Oh, I think he kind of wants to be a dom for what we've seen of him. That, that said, he's a brat. Yeah. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, yeah, so Rampage manages to sort of position himself and aims from the mountain... And he changes his nozzle to the biggest one that he has and shoots off a big missile. And a couple of seconds later, the mountain explodes in a big explosion. The the image but, that... But, but, make, but there was an image of the mountain in the future past. How could that be? Yes. But as the mountain explodes, the image then flickers and changes to represent the, the new plateau, I guess you could say that uh, Rampage just managed to create with the explosion. Megatron uh, then gets rather excited. And he's like, oh, my crazed crustacean, do you realize what this means? When reality alters, the future alters with it. So as he um, comes to this realization, we've got Dinobot, who on the other side of the valley is, is seeing all this going on. And he... He's like, so with the golden disc, Megatron's power is limitless. Um, Megatron then goes on to uh, to say about how the human race... Oh, wait. I'm trying to remember. Doesn't Dinobot get shot first? Yes. He gets shot, doesn't he, by tarantulas? No. no. Well, it, um, first, first the mountain uh, gets blown up. Then it goes to Dinobot, and he says, oh, shit. And, and then, then like, it goes Megatron back makes to being a tank. Oh, yeah. And then and Megatron, yeah. Troops. He starts talking about humanity. And uh, he gets his troops sort of flying in from, uh, well, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, it would have been on off on the horizon. And we get Waspinator. Is Black Arachnia hanging on to one of them? Because I remember Inferno was holding Quickstrike. But I didn't, I don't recall if Black Arachnia was holding on to any of them. I thought I saw her. Does she show up later? Oh yeah. Oh wait, yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Waspinator was carrying her in his okay, in his, yeah, yeah. his buggy okay, little yeah. legs. Just like in the last episode. Yeah. Maybe they're actually secretly becoming off screen buddies. Uh, <laughs> maybe. So they fly in and Dynamot goes to, to radio in for reinforcements. Uh, as he goes to do this, he's then shot by Tarantulas, who says, shouldn't have taken your eyes off of a spider. They tend to be de- venomous. <laughs> and then we get Dinobot, who says, but they still squash. He uses his eye beams to zap a rock above Tarantulas, which then proceeds to fall on him and squish him. 
So yeah, I felt that was a much better line than the the Storm X Men line. Yeah. What happens when you crush a spider with a rock? The same thing that happens to everything else. Yeah, pretty much. I don't know, Kendall. Would you count that as another death? Uh, y- wait. Yeah, yeah. That one. So he gets yeah. crushed by a big old rock. Yeah, it's pretty, yeah. It's pretty deadly. That's pretty spider killery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So another, another one for the tally. Oops, my bad. I think Waspinator died once when I wasn't on the episode last week, so I'm going to add one to Waspinator too. Tarantulas <laughs> okay. is still like Tarantulas is the only one that dies anymore. Pretty much. Hmm. He's I mean, up he, to seven. He died deaths. last episode. Yeah, no one else oh, he died. Did die last year. episode? Ever. Oh yeah, I think I did. I did tally it no. last. Yeah. Saying, uh, yeah, I'd count Waspinator from last episode. He got all goofed up in that big old. Yeah, thing. it's it's definitely yeah. not been as much of a thing uh, in this season as it was the first season. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm just. Don't say, worry, there'll like, be plenty of more deaths deaths before the time <laughs> comes. I was, I was gonna say, like you're, you're saying that there aren't many deaths in this series, and this episode in particular is kind of. <laughs> well, there, I mean, there <laughs> are there are like actual deaths, but like the cartoon mm-hmm. explode the character. Like it, this season is more grounded in reality, I think. Yeah, yeah it's not as. I'm initially thinking that Rampage was dead at the beginning of the episode as a death tally. They thought he was dead. Yeah. And he looked kind of dead. I mean, that's the reason they thought he was dead. Yeah. Nah, I'm Probably not going to count it because last week doesn't matter. Because <laughs> <laughs> Rampage just can't die, so he doesn't count for any. Eh, he doesn't get any say, true. That's the whole point is things that should kill him don't kill him. That's kind of like the point of his character. But yeah, so from here, uh, Optimus responds to, to Dinobot, and he he... He asks what the situation is. Dinobot says that it's a code red situation extreme. Uh, yeah, Mountain here, Dew code red is pretty extreme, Dinobot. Uh, yeah, I liked that he said really extreme. Do- <laughs> uh, so Optimus uh, essentially tells Dinobot to stay put and that reinforcements are on the way. Uh, Dinobot essentially says that there isn't enough time. He says to fall back and wait for them. Yeah. Um, and Dinobot's that, like negative. Yeah. He, he says that there isn't really enough time. We get like this little moment uh, where he has this, because it, it seems to be like a running theme this season since he realized that they were on Earth, that he, he he's questioned whether or not the future can change or if, if it's destiny predetermined. Yeah. And now that he's seen what happened with the mountain and with the golden disc, he realizes that his fate isn't sealed, which gives him some relief. But now he realizes in a situation that he really doesn't have a choice at all. Like he needs yeah. to stop the Predacons. Or- yeah, his his line specifically is like, uh, one second here, well, sometimes catch up to me. Mm-hmm. Uh fuck. Okay. <laughs> the future is not written. There is no. No. Future. Yeah. 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 I just, he goes the like, fu- "For I find I have no choice at all," and that's the line that broke me. Like, yeah. like that was really good. <laughs> yeah. Like, that whole monologue was amazing, and like, yeah. ah, that one line is like, ah, this this is what makes that line is what makes him a hero, and ah, I love it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The the full quote. If I managed to to pull up my um, my subtitles here, he says. 
The question that once haunted my being has been answered. The future is not fixed, and my choices are my own. And yet, how ironic, for I now find I have no choice at all. And then he pulls out his sword. He says, I am a warrior. Let the battle be joined. <laughs> that is a okay. 100% accurate quote. Good job. Yeah. And so, that's a really fucking good quote. Yeah. 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 And we get like a little, um, the way that the camera just, pans, and we've sort of got the sunset behind Dinobot's head as he's watching. Uh, there's one hominid who's, who's sort of dragging another one who's been injured. And uh, as the camera pans a little bit, it sort of uh, brings the light right behind him. And it's a cool little after effect that you get with him there. I um I just want to say like this episode has been like hyped up since like episode zero yes. of uh, of this podcast and and before going into it I was like really excited to see it but I also was kind of worried that I wouldn't get it and that I might not like have the same yeah and have the same emotional effect that it you know and it gave to Greg and then I saw like I saw Kendall have it later too and um I was relieved to that like again like that really affected me and then the rest of the episode i was just like oh god (laughs) so yeah it 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 really does live up to the hype in that it does uh yeah um so continuing from here this like we would have gotten like a a commercial break and then when it came back we would have had we we get to see rhinox's final time that we see him in in rhino form i guess and all the the maximals are, are flying and Rhinox is running, and his legs are like pumping, like this. Oh yeah, they're going real fast. Yeah. yeah, it's like they <laughs> sped up Rhinox's running animation to keep up with everybody else. The, yeah, the TF the TF wiki did yeah. kind of mention that it did seem a little odd that a Rhino was able to keep up with a jet propelled cheater and and uh, sp- uh speeding uh rat trap. Yeah, as yeah, well as that, like what the the, the other flyers. I, like the plan of them all rushing as as one as well also seemed odd. Like, like they said, like couldn't they send the flyers ahead to provide uh, backup while while Rhinox and them try to get get there? But I don't know. It's just um, just the animation of, of Rhinox running like that. I just noticed it as you said it. Like I didn't notice it before, and it just reminds me of like. I've gotten into WoW recently, and you can have like pets, and yes. my friends and my friend has this little spider pet that has to move like super. He's like super fucking fast to keep up with this like his character, and it's just like, <sighs> like the legs are just going so hard. And then you go for a puddle, and there's a splash animation, and it's just flipping out, and it's like fucking hilarious, <laughs> and I love it. And this reminded me of that. <laughs> yeah, I just found it was kind of. It was, it was kind of funny to see Rhinox's legs just pumping so hard. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> I might have been, like, too in the moment to notice that before. But yeah. Gotta go fast. <laughs> <laughs> we, we do have a bit of a discussion between Rhinox and Rattrap as well, because Rattrap's like, oh, man, no matter how soon we get there, it's going to be way too late. And Rhinox is like, do you always have to see the bright side? And <laughs> And Ratchet's like, well, Dino Butt against six Preds. There won't be enough left of him to make a toaster. So there's a pretty funny little line there. Once again, Ratchet is concerned with food. Yeah. Ratchet does like his toast. Yeah. So that and his apple cores and 
you know, various other bits of garbage that's edible. Baltimore. <laughs> Who's your friend? Me. <laughs> okay, that was a reference that I didn't get. That was a Charlotte's Web <laughs> reference, gotcha. if I remember Charlotte's correctly. Charlotte's Web, Donald Duck. Yeah. Donnie Bravo actually did that joke one time. Donnie Bravo slash Scooby-Doo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, there was somewhere else, too. That's the one that always sticks out in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> so we we cut from the Maximals back to the Valley, and we've got Black Arachnia and Inferno uh, attacking at this point. Dinobot winds up attacking Inferno first, and... Fucking near, wrecks him. <laughs> really slices him in half. Like, it's uses his sword to, to dig right into his chest. I'm counting that as a like death. It is kind of like... Yeah. That, yeah, that would count as a death. That's fu- It's fucking amazing. Oh, yeah. He didn't get it through his head. It just, like, went from his shoulder down to his chest. This yeah. slice uh-huh. in half. This, this fight is so <laughs> awesomely brutal, because then it switches to, like... Uh, Black Rackney sees Dinobot and switches her fire to him, and he's getting pelted with bullets. And it looks like he's it's fucking him up, and he just barely grabs you know Inferno in front of him for him to get pelted. And mm-hmm. it's like this is this fight is like so good. It's and like, then he aims Inferno's gun and arm at her, and <laughs> he fires this, it. This, this is a yeah. Transformers equivalent of, of Logan right here. Like it's the same <laughs> kind of level of brutality almost. Yeah, yeah I, I think yeah, it's in that uh, yeah, and it's the same, it's the Transformers equivalent of Logan, and then everyone else liked it more than me. Um, Ooh, oh. <laughs> I never saw Logan. Uh, uh, episode, so he takes like out he takes out Black Arachnia too, right? Yeah, yes. so yeah, that's yeah, death. and then all these count as deaths. And then he t- points the arm and in, uh, Inferno's arm and gun at Inferno's head. Yeah, and blows it his shoots head his off. fucking head off. So yeah, yeah it goes flying out. Death. It goes flying yeah. out of the valley, like right by Megatron. <laughs> yeah, Megatron watches the head go flying by, um, and then He's narrows like, his hmm. eyes a little bit. He's like, "Hmm, yes." Um, we then get Dinobot who's running with Inferno's gun and then pulls out his rotor blade and jumps from a little cliff and starts shooting at Waspinator and Ram- Rampage. Gliding down like Knuckles. Yeah. He, um, he, he, Inferno's gun is shot out of his hand by Waspinator and then his rotor blades are hit, but he manages to land on Waspinator and squash him. Uh, as he does that, Rampage is transformed into his tank mode and takes aim at him. And just as he's about to shoot, Dinobot shoves Waspinator's head into the nozzle of the gun. <laughs> it's real good. Yeah. Mind you, it's not just his head. Like he just pit bodily picks him up and shoves the head into the barrel. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's a real. It's it's a classic. Stuff the gun with a with a corpse so that when they when the hunter fires it, it explodes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, see, that's, that's, that's why funny you, always. That's yeah, but see, that's why you use the future, future corpse cannon. That way, when someone stuffs it with a corpse, it's already loaded. <laughs> the idea of seeing a corpse gun sounds frightening. Oh, wait, that sounds like a no, no, sounds no, like no, the no, title a, of a manga, Corpse Gun. No, oh. no, no, it's not just a corpse gun. It's a future corpse gun. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, it flings the body so far, so far and so fast, it goes into the future. So you have to have the person kind of like wait at the right spot so that when it comes back, when it comes, when that time comes, they'll get hit by the corpse. (laughs) My friends made a lot of silly D&D things, I'll I'll just say. Okay, I was wondering if this was a reference to something I didn't get, but it's (laughs) It's a reference to something no one will get. Oh, no. (laughs) 
No one except for D&D skills. Well, no, even D&D, because it's, it's Kendall's... I mean, it's, it's Jordan. I know, so. his, his yeah. specific D&D group is what I mean. I'm sure so, everyone has thought about the asshole League of Liches, though. Let's just move on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, the, the resulting explosion that we get from <laughs> Dinobot's actions, uh, since him flying back, Waspinator is taken out, Rampage is in pieces, and Dinobot slams into a tree... Uh, he, he manages to get himself up and he's sort of surveying the valley, which is on fire. Like it is everything. Well, just about everything's on fire. He looks up. Predacon corpses. Yeah. Um, he looks up and we got Megatron and quick strike at the top of the valley. And Megatron is making notice. Um, he says one lonely turncoat battling on against impossible odds. I'm almost touched. Fortunately, such moments pass quickly. <laughs> he tells Quick Strike to scrap him. Even wakes wipes away a fake tear. Yeah. So Quick Strike hops off the 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 peak here and uh, gives a little yeehaw or well howdy. And while he does that, Megatron uh, says, "And just to tilt the odds even further, he he then looks over and we see one of the the." Or, was it one or two of the hominids? Yeah, two of the hominids um, that are, you know, cowering a bit from the fire. And uh, no, only one so, of them is tied up, right? Or oh, oh no, just, no, we're yeah. I'm ahead of you. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we're almost there though. Um, so we cut back to the Dinobot who who manages to to move a, a a tree limb and he tosses it aside. And just as he does that, he's then shot by one of Quick Strike's blasts. Uh, and we get some green energy that's sort of coursing through his body as Quick Strike comes upon him. What does he do? Well, howdy! Don't yeah, bother yeah. getting up. I'll just go ahead and kick you while you're down. Yeah, I love I love uh, Quick Quick Strike actually gestures a lot when he does this too. Like he actually like looks like he's about to slap his knee when he says "kick you when you're down." Oh yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Dinobot manages to, to shoot him once with his eye beams and it knocks him back a little bit. But it doesn't um, do much damage. No. And so when he He's stands, he. To do it a second time. <laughs> yeah, he tries to do it a second time and we sort of get like this almost like electricity erupting, like almost like the, the beams that we normally see, only it looks more electric y and it only goes a few inches out of his eyes and then, yeah. Then it retracts back in. It reminded me of that scene in SpongeBob where Barnacle Boy was trying to use his sulfur vision, and the beams would go out a bit, but he could never get it close enough to what he was trying to destroy. He's an old man. Yeah. Um. He he then gets a a warning from his internal systems saying that his systems are failing, and Quick Strike says, "Ah, oh, so what's a warrior without weapons, eh?" And Dinobot then says, "A warrior still." and then proceeds yeah. to pummel fucking it. Quick cool. strike. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> That's, that is that is still one of my favorite lines from this episode. Where yeah. like uh, you know he's it's he an episode is, full of good lines too. Yeah, yeah, you know like he's beaten down. He's he's got nothing to fight back with except his own body. And like Quick Strike's like laughing because he thinks he's got the upper hand because he's got no weapons on him. Yeah, and like Donobot's like, well, I can still pummel you. Yeah. And he <laughs> proceeds to kick the crap out of him and then throws him, like, headfirst into a rock. Yeah, he, like, pile drives him, like, radically. Yeah. 
A Klingon does not need a bat left to be a warrior. No. Mm-hmm. Nope. So, after he fin- manages to finish off Quick Strike, he then gets uh, another warning from his internal system saying that his power reserves are 96% depleted and that stasis lock is commencing. We then get Dinobot who orders it to override and the system says, repeat, power loss critical. Further expenditures will result in loss of spark and stasis loss lock must commence. And Dinobot yells, override, to which the computer just you know politely says, acknowledged. So as as Dinobot lifts his head up, because he, he's clutching his head at this point, he starts to look up and he says Megatron. And then we get Megatron in his T-Rex mode coming out from behind a rock and says, hmm, my ears are burning. Yes. And then we, we get a little exchange between the two of them where Megatron says, why Dinobot? What a wonder, delightful surprise. He's like, and they start saying, now let's see, where are we now? I have the golden disc and the power to change the future. And the only remaining obstacle in my path to unimaginable glory is yourself. <laughs> I have the golden disc. I have the golden disc. I have the sunshine. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I don't think he gets to go to the Cybertron fact- candy factory, though. No. He gets to go to the protofarm factory. Eh, it's not as fun as you think it would be. Yeah. yeah. And there's all those little mini-cons that keep saying little rhymes about how people are bad. I gotta tell you, when I was a kid and we went to the... We toured the Anthony Thomas candy factory, it was the most disappointing thing. We got, like, one little teeny tiny piece of candy at the very end. Oh, that sounds yeah. they were like They were like, this is, this is a room that has lots of boxes in it. And we're like, wow, there's boxes in it. So no, it's like is there candy uh, in the boxes? I I mean, theoretically. No, this is just the factory where we make the boxes that the candy is put into. Then we send the boxes to the candy factory proper. I mean, Kendall didn't open them, so the, the candy was both dead and alive. <laughs> Schrodinger's, Schrodinger's candy. candy box. Exactly. <laughs> it was also mystery flavored. Nah. <laughs> Did it or did it not have car- caramel in it? <laughs> and how did they get it in there? We'll never know. Yeah, they no. got it using a, using a quantum flux. <sighs> so yes, getting back to the episode. Um, Megatron goes on to say that Dinobot is exhausted, damaged beyond recovery, defeated. And just as he says that, Dinobot says not just yet, and he's about to charge him. And Megatron's like, uh, 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 one more step, and it's raining bits of early anthropoid, yes. That's still really dark. Yeah. Dinobot may be suicidal, but he wants to have other people have suicide forced on them, which is not suicide, but murder. Yeah. Megatron is trying to commit genocide here. Make no mistake. Yeah. It's really not cool. No. I was say, I don't know if I don't know if original Megatron ever tried to commit full genocide. No, he's just trying to kill Hitler <laughs> in the most roundabout way possible. Yeah, can't be a Hitler. Well, I mean, he doesn't have. It's not like he has a time machine. He just is in the past. So he's taking the one step that he knows that he can guarantee to avoid Hitler. I mean, yeah, yeah is it a moral like quandary? Is it every a, Jew? I mean. It's it's that, not yeah it's not it doesn't work what you're saying because it's like okay <laughs> I'm gonna save the the Jewish people by 
making somebody like never born. Like, that's not a good thing. <laughs> See, I thought where you were going to go with that, and I love for me to make me your argument for you, <laughs> is that, is that, um, Megatron mentioned earlier that the reason that the Autobots won was because of humans, and now Bega- and now Predacons serve uh, like you know are under Maximals or whatever. They just so want to kill the witches. To, to Predacons, humanity are a very yes. Big to Predacons, threat. humans are all Hitlers. Well, I was going to say that. I knew you were going to. Um, <laughs> the humans ever put a transformer? I don't even know. Let's not talk about the Holocaust. This is a bad no. road. No. Yeah, no. we're going yeah. down a road that we don't want to go. Um, you almost back- tricked me, podcast bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> Look, those were your words. <laughs> I didn't bring up the Holocaust. You, you bought up Hitler! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Abort. Abort. Anyway, getting back well, to the episode. Abortion. That's a less... That's a less no! Uh, no, 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 no! We're getting back to the episode. Um, Megatron... As Dinobot pauses, uh, Megatron says, Oh dear, how positively maximal of you. You were weakened before you started, Dinobot. Weakened by compassion. Oh, compassion. All so, these silly no, positive I, emotions are bad. I'm evil. Weakened by... Like, like fuck, fuck off, Megatron. The whole reason he was able to take out all those all those Predacons in a weakened state was because of his fucking compassion. So fuck you. <laughs> or in spite of it. <laughs> no! Um... Megatron is about ready to shoot Dinobot, and but Dinobot manages to to do a front flip and grabs a big stick off the ground and proceeds to smack Megatron with it. Only problem is that it doesn't really do much, and Megatron just sort of pimp slaps Dinobot away. Because it's a fucking stick. It's wood. Yeah. It's yeah, but if, you, tries, but if you put a little he rock tries. on the end of it, that's the trick. Look out! Yeah, because... <laughs> yeah, Megatron's like, really, Dinobot? A stick against a trans metal? I think not. And so we then cut to Dinobot as he's getting a final warning from his system, saying the power failing, Jeopardy extreme, repeat extreme, because this is the 90s and everything is, of course, extreme. Um, <laughs> he starts chugging down Mountain Dew. <laughs> um, Before it was even invented. Yeah. So Megatron says, face it, Dinobot, your old technology, obsolete. What can you possibly do? Your last year's toy, I'm this year's toy. Exactly. <laughs> um, You're not even what... on store shelves anymore. <laughs> Sadly, he wasn't. Um, and, and what we get here is um, one of the best lines, I think, in the show, or this episode. Because what Dinobot does is he says, improvise. In response to Megatron, and proceeds like, to plan the. Not that kind of improvising. In C Mixolydian. So he manages to slam the stick onto a rock and turns this stick into a hammer. And hammer. Yes, and manages to to nail Megatron. Kind of looks like a hammer that you'd see at a doctor's office that they'd hit your knee with. Yeah, almost. Hammer? Yes. Yeah, but um, when your only so weapon we get... is a hammer, Megatron sure looks like a nail. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, a nail is an official Transformers term for a non for non-aligned. Hmm. I feel like Megatron's non-aligned. He's aligned with Predacons. Yeah, like a rogue faction of the Predacons. Yeah, but he still wears the symbol proudly. 
Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. I don't know if the Predacons would accept him back after what he's done. Yeah, I mean, it's not the first time there's been multiple quote-unquote evil factions. There were there have been multiple Decepticon infighting factions before. Mm-hmm. Anywho. I don't think he qualifies as a non-aligned indigenous life form. He just doesn't. Okay. He's not indigenous because he's not from Earth. Yeah. Well, no, exactly. it refers to Cybertronians. They're indigenous Okay, so semantics. Anyway. Um. <laughs> so, semantics aside, getting back to the episode. I actually took a nap, but I'm still tired. <laughs> yes. That made it... At first, I thought you were trying to say you took a nap while we were talking. <laughs> no, I was just playing Angry Birds. Uh, those birds sure are angry. Oh my god, we're getting to the, we're almost done the episode. Stop it. You mean you don't okay, so so Dinobot dies the end. Okay, questions. No. Sha, no. come on. It's, What's your favorite really, Angry Birds on. Transformers guys, character? Guys, guys, this is Greg's favorite episode. You gotta like come on. give a little bit more respect. Okay. <laughs> I was just I like trying to get us moving through the episode. We are moving pretty good through it. <laughs> yeah, I mean this is a really light episode, so that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, I like Grimlock Bird the most. No, I, I've never played that game actually. There's an Angry Bird. There is an Angry Birds Transformers. Yes, there game. is. Yeah, I'm just playing Angry Birds Star Wars for research for the Katarn Collection. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't hold up very well. Just okay. Huge, next spoiler alert. Okay. Well, next week you have to play Angry Birds Transformers for this podcast. Okay. I tried, Greg. I tried. Okay. Oh. <laughs> is everybody done? Yeah, no, we're done. we just did listener questions and everything. We're I think we're ready. No. Uh, Roll out. I'm Casey. <laughs> anyway. I know, it's not usual that the guest is the first to sign off. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So, in his last defiant heroic act, uh, Dinobot, when he hits Megatron, the, the golden disc flies out of his disc drive, I suppose. And Dinobot manages to catch it. He charges up his eyes and uses the last bit of his energy to shoot the golden disc and causes it to shatter. Uh, we get him falling to the ground in slow motion as the, the bits fall around him. And Megatron proceeds to yell and say, I was so close, so close. Maximal Just show world. up, too. Yeah. Yeah, and then they finally show up. Yeah. Bunch of fucking we get uh, Optimus who transforms and manages to fly in his robot mode and use his um, his turret to uh, to shoot at Megatron, who proceeds to run away. And so, yeah. So from here, uh, the the rest of the Maximals land. Uh, Rattrap drives up beside Optimus and gasps and gives a bit of a saddened look as Cheetor proceeds. Takes a leak over the fire. Yeah. You know, uh, Megatron really should have used Carbonite backup on that disc. Then he wouldn't have had the problem. (laughs) Well, that was the whole point is he didn't want to have any backups. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I guess that's, I guess that's the risk you, that's the risk you, you take if you don't secure your data. You know what's really funny is just imagining Megatron having to drag every single other Predacon back to base to get CR chambered. Well, some of them might be able to drag themselves back. We've I seen don't them know. Sort of Dinobot was pretty fucking ruthless. And sure as hell, and Inferno, the biggest one, definitely ain't going back on foot. He'll probably no. just have... He's, he, he's rebuilt himself before. He has I mean, the it technology? Might, it, takes a, 
Well, you remember he was in pieces when they, uh, uh, yeah, when they put him into the CR chamber. Yeah, but in the, um, the last episode of, or no, it was the first episode of season two when he managed to piece himself back together. Oh, yeah. 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 If I know, yeah. Yeah. Well, Rampage yeah. is invincible, so he can fix himself. Yeah, that's Plus, true. he just, yeah. he didn't even, he didn't even really get that like out of commission. He just like kind of got yeah, you're right. Rampage should help him carry him back. Uh, a tank shell exploded inside of his barrel, which is a part of his body. So well, yeah, I mean, I'm yeah, but I mean, <laughs> relatively speaking. Yeah. I guess. Oh yeah. He's, there were worse. There were people who got fucked up worse, probably. Yeah. You know, like, like poor waspin eater who got, I mean, if I was, if I was an immortal yeah. transformer, I think I could take an explosion inside of my, body. No, yeah, he can take it. I'm just saying he was out of commission for a little bit. I mean, I've eaten Chipotle before. Oh! <laughs> but, um, Tish... <laughs> I like how you two did that in in, in sync. <laughs> <laughs> that was tricky because my drum set's all the way over there. Good hustle. Okay, so... That'd be something so, yeah. to do. So, we get the... Maximals, who have uh, moved around Dinobot, uh, he's barely got any energy left. Uh, Cheetor is asking or saying that there must be something they can do, to which Rhinox, Rhinox explains that he's too far gone even for Stasis Lock. Um, Optimus goes on to say, well fought, my friend. You saved the valley, you saved the lives of those who live here, and those who are still to come. So In a, in a really good performance by Gary Chalk there. Yes. Yeah, very, very heartfelt, heartfelt line read there. Um, Dinobot then says, then there is nothing to regret. And Rattrap then says, like I said, you're just a blasted slag spouting Saurian, but it's nice to know where you stand. <laughs> Dinobot, you know, not wanting to make sure that he at least gets one more joke in. Uh, all those burns earlier yeah. burned on him. <laughs> says pre- prefer upwind of, t- of you preferably Berman. Yeah. Yeah. Wanna try that one again? No, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> preferably upwind from you, Vermin. Oh <laughs> Yeah. So Dinobot uh then proceeds to say, tell my tale to those who ask. Tell it truly, the ill deeds along with the good, and let me be judged accordingly. And the rest is silence. And with that, he goes offline for the last time. So, And then Trap leans in real close, opens up his eyes, and screams to the heavens so that though dead in Stovacor will know that beware, a Klingon warrior is about to arrive. No, that doesn't actually happen. <laughs> I was going to say the spark rising to the heavens, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Optimus says a yeah. poignant line about the yes. Matrix. He says, he lived a warrior and died a hero. And let his spark join the Matrix with the greatest he of He of truly Cybercom. took the red pill. What? <laughs> the Matrix? No. Not that Matrix. Oh, Okay. Oh, I thought you were trying to say that one of them was an MRA. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that's what MRAs are referencing when they say red pill, but yes. We realize that. 
But yeah, I wasn't so thinking, because, you know, I'm a Transformers person, so I'm like, Matrix, leadership, what do you, I didn't even think about the movies, but yeah. Yeah. Yes, because as we all know, there's no, you can't be a Matrix fan and a Transformers fan. We can be both, but I'm like, we're dealing, I, I just, I just didn't occur to me that you're talking. Look, I'm <laughs> taking the red pill back. Okay. Yeah. So I'm we get. the real red pill. Um, I know what's get, really going on. So we get Dinobot Spark uh, lifting up from his body. Rattrap is the first to to stand up and salute, followed by the other Maximals as the, the spark floats up into the sky. We get a, a little blink uh, sort of as it goes up into the sky, and we can only assume proceeds onwards to the Allspark. We, we then cut to uh, Dawn, and we see a Transformers funeral as Dinobot's body is recycled. Yeah, he and finally we, gets the funeral he wanted. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And we get the the flyby of the Maximals and the missing man formation. And we also get Rat Trap in his season one yeah. uh, model, uh, working the console as Dinobot's body is recycled. Yeah, I guess I didn't notice it because I was looking at Dinobot, but now that I know yeah. about it, yeah. I was eating my burrito. <laughs> From Chipotle. No, from my house. I made a breakfast burrito. It was tasty. But it's not breakfast time. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm edgy like that. Uh, bad boy. <laughs> so we Can I just also comment quickly that did I, it felt like when Rat Trap first saw that the spark was flying out, he just suddenly like dropped slash pushed away the arm he was holding, like, oh shit, I'm touching a corpse. Mm, I think That's it was well, he was the first to like quickly salute it, so maybe he was just he wanted to hurry up and get to get to his feet to salute. I know yeah, he was like, that's... "Oh shit, I'm touching a corpse! Oh shit, I better salute!" You know, combo. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> combo. So to to close out the episode, we we're back in the valley. We've got one of the hominids who is picking up Dinobot's hammer now, and he manages to bonk a coconut and sees that there's Thor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's tormented. He, he he's surprised to to find that inside, and we then get the the snake from earlier, sort of slithering up and attempts to try and attack him. And he turns around and proceeds to smack it with the hammer. Muhammad uh, is sort of surprised and taken aback at first, and then yells up into the sky as he raises the hammer upwards over his head. And we zoom out into space, and then we get a little blink of a, a star, and that's the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. It feels yeah. emotionally undercutting to go from that really serious funeral scene to goofy-looking caveman screaming around. <laughs> yeah. I don't think well, there was, was enough. To, I, I, I guess it was it was trying to show what Dinobot saved or whatever. With like the no, whole, I know. Like, it's, yeah. just, it's just very silly. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. It, it, it is. It is. It has I, aged that animation. I think I think they needed more silliness in this episode because it didn't quite like Not the emotional beats to me. Didn't quite it wasn't quite there enough. Like I don't you know more it, some of that low road uh, style humor. I I mean joking. You know, I mean joking is. I mean yes. I I mean the low road's great, but uh, <laughs> but like. And I don't necessarily want to say that this was... I mean, this was the, probably the second best episode of the season. Last episode being the best episode. Um, but, uh, like, it just... It sort of... It was a little too... 
Uh, and I mean, I hate being this guy because, like, I hate it when people say it about stuff. But guy. it's like, well, yeah, uh, but only on this podcast. <laughs> um, I mean, I know I fill a role, but like, it's like, it's like I feel like Be- I just feel like Beast Wars works better when it's aware that it's a that it is a goofy cartoon and there's a there's a juxtaposition between the 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 darker more serious themes and the and the and the sort of goofiness that's what um, the japanese versions and when it takes it too far and when it takes it too far in the serious direction um like in this episode or when it takes it too too far in the goofy direction like in uh the the truce uh what the episode the you know the that's that's where it that's where it sort of doesn't work for me. Now, obviously, I'm not ranting and raving about how much I hate this episode, so it's better Which than means the you truce. must really hate this episode. So everybody send in angry emails <laughs> to Kendall. But but I mean but I mean I it just I, I don't it's not my it's definitely not my favorite. I think there's there's several that I think are better. The ones where the one where they were blind was better. And the and the one where Snowstalker dies is better, and and yeah, last week's episode I liked better, and and some of the stuff from the early first season. I don't know. There was just something felt a little too too dramatic, but I also like can't get. I, I just don't have the emotional investment in these characters on the level that would be required for the for this. If that makes sense. Oh no, that's fair. Everybody just send in your angry emails to Kendall at gmail.com because he managed to nab that one. Uh, you're, yeah, not not far off, but you can, I mean, yeah, please send me angry stuff. I've never gotten any hate mail before. <laughs> um, I, I mean, like I've already made it apparent that, that I love the episode and it definitely emotionally resonated with me. <laughs> um, I could have sworn you said like, in a, on a Facebook message that you had gotten some emotional reaction from it, Kendall. Yeah, I was not on. I did not message on Facebook related to this episode at all. Are you sure? Uh, oh, that sure. might have been me. That might have been me on Sunday. <laughs> we, we were talking about. We were talking. Oh, oh, you were talking. Oh, wait, wait a second. Oh, you said you just watched. I thought you were. I thought you did. I thought you watched once. I didn't no, realize you watched the episode you and you were upset. Oh, that that well, explains it. No, because I was like, looking oh. at the I was looking at the Facebook feed and I had at the message feed and I had talked about how everybody should go see the movie once, and then and then the very next thing was Greg said I just watched it and now I'm all teary eyed and the ending of once does make you teary eyed because you are emotionally invested in those characters. So okay. I was going to say so that I, I was that's I where was, the confusion <laughs> happened, but I yeah I was emotionally yeah I, I was emotionally affected by it and like and it's it's funny because again like it just it works different for different people because like I just remember like the the X Men episode we did where like you were emotionally affected by that story and I wasn't at all mm-hmm. and then in this one I was so it's like it's yeah different things for different people but um this you definitely mean the hit 2007 my butt. movie once yes yes <laughs> okay I was just googling it so I could get at least a vague idea of what the fuck was going on. <laughs> yes, the 2007 movie once. I was referencing because they have a thing where he talks about how something can sound good on good speakers but sound terrible on bad speakers. It's a mastering process when you're recording. And last week's episode uh, I actually listened to because I wasn't on it and I was uh, mentioning that I should learn how to master better uh, because uh, when I listened to the opening theme on... Uh, no speakers like just the my phone 
I was unhappy with the mix, whereas I, I'm pretty happy with it when I listen to it on headphones. So I need to get better at that. So well, I'm part of that, that is the context of that. Uh, that's behind the that's behind the curtain, guys. Harding's kimono. I, I, I'm not sure if it's every episode because I li- I've listened to like a lot of them from the speakers on my phone and they sound fine. But I haven't listened to the last one, so maybe something just happened. Yeah, the it's, last one. it's 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 uh, both are true. I mean, it's both. It's I need to be better at mastering, but also last week's episode. I think because the uh, because the talking part was an M- was MP3 uh, when when it was converted from wave from the wave to the well actually i think what it was there it was wave but it was only sixteen thousand hertz rather than forty one thousand. so oh okay yeah yeah so when it was which i when it was condensed i think it yeah did a thing but yeah yeah behind the curtain yeah yeah we want to use the back interesting okay i was gonna say i i was emotionally uh involved with these characters so i did feel like you know Really, you know, it it's basically a real sad episode. Like, you know, for especially if you like Dinobot, or basically, yeah. you know, it showed his conflict. Pretty, like, it built it built up to basically a a good example, like showing, you know, why he was doing what he was doing. Um, you know, uh, his thoughts and feelings on what 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 of what he was protecting and what he was fighting for, and then and then you have that really great action sequence. And uh, like a very like somber but fitting uh, tribute and and memorial for him. So I mean, like yeah. I think it's a kind like it's a very it's definitely very heavy. And I'm I'm trying to remember how like I remember as a kid like when I saw it I was like in my teens. So I'm like wow that's you know that's you know basically it was like heavy and like I was sad to see him see Dinobot go or anything. But I felt like they basically did a good job of showing it, you know, like they didn't. And, and like Kendall says, like, that's really strange for this. Cause sometimes, cause there's, you know, this goof goofiness to the darkness. And so, and, and when I, and yeah, when I was watching this for the first time, when I was a kid, that's what I came to expect. Like sometimes a little goofiness thrown in with the, the somber. And so the fact that it's kind of not all in here or like not, there's not that much goofiness in that kind of just drives home how like how serious this 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 episode is yeah yeah i don't know it's just it just seemed like when i even when i say the things that i'm saying like if somebody said them to me i would disagree with them because usually <laughs> usually i do like it when a show is super earnest and takes a and takes a darker turn or takes a more serious whatever but just something about this it didn't it didn't resonate the th- if if I could throw out a, a theory as to that, the to be perfectly honest, at times this season, what the stuff that we've had with Dinobots felt a bit disjointed, I want to say. Um, we sort of got somewhat of an understanding as to his actions with when he went back to the Predacons and this the thing that he did last episode, which apparently has no meaning whatsoever, thanks to them not making the episode that they had intended to make later on um but you know some of the or some it. of the reasoning behind his actions we don't really get to fit to really know until this episode mm-hmm. like once he realizes that this that this is earth and megatron has a means to be able to to sort of shape his own destiny which 
up to this point, Dinobot feared he couldn't do, uh, and that his path was sort of laid out and that he was powerless to stop it. And the reason that he was committing suicide, thinking of committing suicide at the beginning of the episode was because he didn't want to live in a world where he couldn't, where his actions would have in his mind would have no meaning. I think, I think another, another piece of it, and, and it's, it's a combination of things, but, uh, you know, it's all the stuff I said before, but also, you know, they just like random. They've randomly killed off four characters in the in this season so far. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's yeah, like that's fair. You could be having like character kill off fatigue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and this is the only one that they've given like a decent episode to. Yeah, to a, you know a decent send off to. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's like I. Yeah, I, that's, I, that's a fair criticism of the season as a whole. Yeah, I I would rather have. I've I've come to the turn because it used to be it used to be that I was also like on board. I, I also liked the concept of characters not being safe. You know, the idea of this is a war and there's going to be casualties. Uh, <laughs> but I also think that from a storytelling standpoint, when you almost exclude almost no matter what, when unless with very few exceptions, if you kill off a character, that is that is uh, it's it's writing the character out of the show. So that means that you don't have any more stories, you don't have any more development with that character. And unless that mm-hmm. character's death can can really do something, you know, unless it's Uncle Ben's death and, you know, obviously Uncle Ben is a more interesting character dead than he is alive. Jason Todd is an, a more interesting character dead than he is alive. But, uh... uh <laughs> I Jason mean, Todd, I think Jason Todd's cool, that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> well, Jason Todd's... Jason Todd, when they brought him back... Yeah, as, death as, well, death, I mean, as a Robin, he was better. But yeah, than yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's true. Yeah, yeah the J- the Jason Todd Jason Todd's death actually moved actually moved that story, and and it and it did a lot for for Batman's character. It did a lot for sort of Batman as a whole. Um, it's history it did a lot to set up Tim Drake later on. Yeah, 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 yeah. It set up you know it set up it did a lot. Yeah, it did a lot of that stuff. Whereas, like without that, he, if he hadn't died, if he had just disappeared, he might just be another boring Robin footnote instead of the important character he is today. Uh-huh. Yeah, totally. Where, um, whereas uh, I think a lot of sorry, times, I was, like, I was like pedantic, I guess like, uh, like walking dead has gotten to the point on the show or not so much this season, but in the last couple seasons, um, where they would start to get a, a character's arc would start to get interesting and then they would kill him off. And then a character would start to get interesting and then they would kill him off. And it's like, you know, I want to see more character development. And, and so, I mean, I know that this is an advertisement for toys and you can't have, you can't just have the same, mm-hmm. the same toys all, uh, all over and over and over again. Um, but yeah, I, I do think, I don't know. They killed off a lot of characters in this season. Well, I think they did. I think they did right by Dinobot, but I would agree. I think you could, I could hear an argument for Tigatron since he had plenty of development in the first season, but Arizor deserved a lot more development. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they didn't do enough with her. They they definitely gave her the short end of the stick. And and I know that they're villains, but but I mean, Pterosaur and Scorponok just like they just sort of like, oh, now we're dead. Now you're dead. Now I guess. Well, like Scorponok was one note, but I think they could have done more with Pterosaur. Yeah, and even even if they even if they even if they were, I mean, even if they wanted to write them out of the show, they could have they could have yeah, given were- them a death. Yeah, I mean that that was explicitly mandate. Yeah, in in the defense of the show writers in that specific situation. Well, yeah, whatever. I'm, 
I don't blame the show writers. I'm 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 judging the art as a whole. Ooh. Oh, man. The the work as it stands. I don't oh, you know Death of the Author. Yeah, Death of the Author, exactly. But I I I don't know I don't know. And I mean it was good. Like this was an above average episode, definitely. And maybe if I was in a better mood, I also my cat died this week, so an episode about oh, death shit. is probably so not the sorry. best uh is is not the best um timing. Yeah, um, no, cats dying is the worst. Yeah. And I get I uh, yeah, no, I <laughs> fucked. Yeah. I mean I've already expressed sympathy in other places, yeah. but that was really yeah. shitty, Ken. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, it's just, I don't remember uh, seeing so that episode. I'm so sorry. Timing. I did not know about that. No, that's that's okay. I haven't I mean it's it's on like my personal stuff. I haven't like broadcast it all over social media as uh, you know, because it's a thing. But yeah, anyway, yeah. Yeah, that's I mean that's all I'll say. I mean it, it, that might have been part of it too that that it was that I wasn't really in the mood to to watch an episode about the end of a character's life. Yeah, yeah which, fair. Holy given shit. the circumstances is perfectly understandable. Yeah. True enough. Um but yeah, like for me it's like it's probably like my favorite episode now. <laughs> so I'm up there with you, Greg. Um You know, maybe the other problem for you, Kendall, is because Dinobot died, it disappointed you because you've you've always thought of him as being like Worf, but then he died so he was like Tasha Yar. <laughs> All right. Yep. That's a good note to get the questions on it. Yeah. Jordan, what do we have for questions this week? <laughs> so, uh, not much, unfortunately. Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe folks were out for the day. Um, we did get a comment from, uh, from Ryan on the Facebook group again, where, um, he, he mentions that rewatching this episode hurt. Dinobot was one of my favorites as a kid. And I just remembered how I felt, uh, watching this for the first time. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who have like you know emotional attachment to this. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely considered yeah. one of their their good ones. And uh, speaking of, it said right there in the wiki, it's considered one of the best episodes of Transformers <laughs> Media. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I did, I just want to do a shout out to uh, listener Jane who uh, recently joined the the Facebook group and shared with us uh, a fitting homage to uh, Dinobot in these amazing pajama pants. <laughs> <laughs> that is just a collage of, of different screenshots of. Dinobot, and uh, she mentioned that it was uh, it's one of her favorite episodes as well. So yes, pretty exciting. And we did get a question. Uh, I went to the Discord uh, uh, unofficial official audio entropy Discord server and asked if anyone had any questions. And I was able to get one from uh, the user uh, Jasmine, also known as uh, Side Sidemon. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know her. She's cool. And she asked, uh, and this is in quotes because she was asking for a friend, how gay is the spider lady? Sign someone who has a spider king girlfriend after watching this show as a young egg. You know, unfortunately, not very gay. I'm sorry. Yeah, she's well, <laughs> I was going to say we really don't have a, a good bar to actually gauge it from because she didn't interact with Air Razor very much. And there That's are true. And there are really? no other females. So I mean, yeah. while she, true, we, we've only we've only seen her express so far interest in silver poles. Other than she, that, she does seem like, like the kind of character. She does yeah. seem like the kind of character that would have a lesbian relationship in season four. <laughs> oh. so, I, yeah, I, was, I, I don't I even know what that's a reference to, and I'm sad. <laughs> um, Buffy, I think. Well, it's just like a general like. 
you know, female characters become temporarily lesbian. That's so hot. And then it's like, (laughs) oh, no, I'm back to the het love interest the next season. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. Oh, Willow. Willow. She's full gay. No, Willow was always gay. That's (laughs) what Joss Whedon says. She said she was always gay. She, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, as a bisexual person, I don't think Willow being like, oh, suddenly I'm, yeah, never mind. I'm not going to talk about well, it. Well, Vampire but. Willow was a little <laughs> bit gay in season two, so. No, I'm I'm, I'm just saying that, she, like, Turns she, out Joss Whedon's kind of crapple sometimes. And she loved, like, her, the boys in her life. Like, she had expressly had physical attraction to him, and, and of Let's course there are people. for the boys. <laughs> of course there are people who will like try the head thing before realizing they're gay but it seemed so like genuine that it's i don't know and plus the fact that it just leads to bisexual erasure like but again this show isn't about that just as a bi person like i said oh, Josh Whedon kind of sucks sometimes and also a lot actually yeah no. see avengers 2 age of ultron yeah. Kendall, I like. By Joss which I mean, too. don't it's, see it because it's, it's not okay that to like something and then criticize its problematic aspects. I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I think the the other thing, but I mean, the other thing is like they were the the way that with Willow, they, I mean, there was a Willow, they or won't oh they? Oh, there's like I mean, I think I mean I she reminded me of people that I knew at at that age who had who had had who had had relationships and good relationships. With uh, males, and then and then met uh, and then met a woman that that you know kind of uh, you know opened oh, that wait, opened yes. up that side to them. So I mean, I think okay. I think that it, it it did, and then also like the way they exactly. the way it was handled was was also heavily I think because of the uh, sort of the the standards and practices censors at the time. They really they couldn't they couldn't necessarily. Uh, they couldn't necessarily do as much as they wanted to do at the time. But. I'm going to back out of this one and leave it to you two, because I don't know nearly enough about Buffy to actually comment on uh, uh, it's good or I, bad. I'm just, okay, like, but uh, at the very least, and, and you're true, it's true. Again, like, it's, I'm not saying it's impossible for what happened to happen, but they don't even mention bisexuality. One. Because they, it's not allowed to mention it on TV. You can only they don't mention, they, to be fair, people. they don't mention that she's gay either. <laughs> I think she does. She says, like, I'm gay now, in one line. <laughs> uh, Wait, she does? I just, I'm gay now. I'm sorry, I just remember a Tumblr post where that. it's like, what's the difference between a, a bisexual and a unicorn? I can see a unicorn on TV. Oh. <laughs> I, think, yeah. I think there's a character who's, yeah. like, questioning whether she, that... Yeah, yeah. Because I don't yeah. remember. Because like, when Oz came back, I don't remember her saying I, I, that. I'm going to that... look through a few videos that talk about like bisexual erasure that mentioned. I can remember is one from Bones. Yes, uh, uh, her name's Angela on there. Angela, um, that's right. She has cool. like she's, <laughs> I'm say she has like one relationship with a girl. After a really poorly written, suddenly she breaks up with her love interest for no reason. It was very badly written, and then it was very badly written that they suddenly break up again. And she goes back to him. Yeah, no. Um, Bones, I like Bones, but it's kind of trash. But uh, yeah, no, yeah. That's, that's a good description of Bones. Um, I yeah, see. like uh, Ken, I've, uh, Kendall again. Like I know you're more familiar with the series, but I've watched like videos about bisexual erasure, and I remember a line specifically that they they cite where like I think a girl's like I think it might be the girl who ends up with Xander if she's like questioning Willow, and she's like, "Dude, like don't worry about it. I'm gay now." Like that's one of her lines. So I'll I'll look for it. 
but I'll hook you and I'll hook you up. But. Okay. I mean, I believe I believe you that 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 she would say that. Yeah, I guess I Josh yeah, I guess I can believe that. Not very good about that shit on the whole, actually. Yeah. Well, I'm. Yeah. I don't it's like all, to give him the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> it's all. Uh, I mean, it's just you know, it's just a different. It's it's all a lot has changed in the last fifteen years. Um, but uh, yeah. All right. Anyway, uh, back to the thing. Except cause... for Joss Whedon's female protagonists, who remained exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because they're the, are... they were all the ones that were written 15 years ago. He hasn't done anything. So uh, that was hey, our guys... long question for the week, Jordan. You guys want no. some live action news posts? Sure. I was about to say, yeah, that was all the questions. And sure, let's move on to the news post. First off, I got some breaking news. <laughs> <laughs> Literally nice. posted just in the middle of recording this podcast. MP34 <laughs> Cheetor prototype pics with cancelled accessories shown off. Cancelled accessories? Aww. Yeah, we got a green prototype of the Masterpiece Cheetor figure. And it actually was going to originally come with another accessory that would have been uh, the long-range communicator device that Rhinox made in the first season. The little arm, uh, yes, the little armband. Aww, hold on, I'll link, I'll link a picture of it. Uh, oh, wait, no. there we go. Put that in old Skype Rooney. There it is on his uh, robot mode. Oh yeah, yeah. I gotta say it's green because like I, the whole prototype is in green, yeah. but yeah. there it is on the beast mode. No, yeah, I think that's a common thing for for toys to have that like. I think green's yeah. a common color for the prototypes to have. Yeah. Yeah, no. Cool. It, yeah. it is cool looking. I was say it kind of it's kind of a bummer I guess that that didn't make it, but it had a, he has a lot yeah. of accessories. It's he's not totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's not too bad. Still like still has quite a bit. I if I remember correctly, he's got he's two got so types of guns, faces. right? Yeah, he's got the gut gun and the uh tail gun. Yeah. And then, like, a bunch of, like you said, like, faces, so... Yeah. And also, I recently actually discovered that you can switch for the, uh... Beast Mode heads, you can switch which eyes are on which face, so you can switch which direction he's looking on each face. Oh, that's kind of creepy. That's crazy. <laughs> well, you know, he can be looking right and also be looking shocked, or he can be looking left or forward and also looking shocked. Hmm. So, yeah, now that's breaking news right there, and, uh... This one isn't really breaking news, and in fact, it's mostly just filler, but I think it's weird. Second up, we got uh, this upcoming Rubik's Crew Optimus Prime toy coming out soon, and it's like a little Optimus Prime head that is a Rubik's Cube somehow. (laughs) And they put it on a little display body. I like it. I kind of want that. And so here it is, not in packaging, and you can see the head, it comes off and is the puzzle, and then when you fall, solve it, you can put it on the body. When you oh. solve it, you, you get like a little puzzles. Optimus soul inside of you, and he you know, transforms you into a really good person at games. You get a reference. <laughs> <laughs> I like puzzles, okay? So. Puzzles, no, no. puzzles are very good. I love puzzles. Super pumped that you like this toy, Jordan. I hope you're able to get it. Yeah. So the problem is, is there's so much movie shit going on, and it's like, who gives a fuck? <laughs> um, well, I mean, it's news. 
<laughs> yeah. Any, anything, anything, anything explicit, like in particular? Um, no, I mean, Belda Bear's possibly going to be doing some type of cross promotion because uh, Build a Bear. Somebody saw, yeah, somebody saw a picture of a tiny little Build a Bear shirt that has the Transformers logo on it and says Transformers that's, and has the Autobot symbol on it. That's pretty cute. Aww. Yeah, yeah you're that'd all, be pretty cool. Yeah, I'll link that. Uh, I'd, I'd be down for like a Bumblebee stuffy. Oh, that'd be pretty cute. They're oh, basically. I just want the shirt, and I then I want to like when I on my eventual next pet, I want to put it on them. <laughs> <laughs> what if you could like build little uh, stuffed animal versions of the Dinobots from the new movie? That'd be cool. That would be cool. Or even the G1 versions. I would yeah. like having I say, I want a little stuffed Grimlock. It'd be so good. Yeah. <laughs> Adorable. Me no cuddly, me king. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, little Grimlock, you're so adorable. I'm not adorable, me terrifying. <laughs> sure you are. <laughs> oh, I just remembered a piece of movie news that I actually did want to actually share, which is... Uh, <laughs> uh, hold on. It's a uh, Valvoline released a video... Uh, promoting their uh, partnership with Transformers The Last Night. Oh, God. Yeah, I'm linking that because it's pretty fucking ridiculous. Valvoline? I'd get my oil changed there. <laughs> well, then uh, you'll be happy to know that if you buy $50 or more worth of oil, you can get a, you can get a free uh, Valvotron promotional figure. Yeah, I do the $20 oil change, so not going to happen. <laughs> you don't want Valvatron? No. Mm. I would I just see rather spend $30 on an action figure that I want. <laughs> yeah. Do we have a toy for the Valvatron? Do we have a picture of it? I'd like to uh, yeah, I'm actually looking for it right now. I can't remember where. It... Well, it's hard to get a hold of it. Oh, nice. Of course, Google tried to tell me did you mean Volvatron? <laughs> no, no. Wow. Um. Uh, here we are. Yeah, it doesn't look like it actually transforms into a thing of Valvoline, unfortunately. Ooh. I know that makes me mad. Something I should have um uh, tweeted out actually, and it's not even a thing anymore. But I hope people picked up uh, War for Cybertron and Fall of Cybertron when it was on a weekend sale. Great games about Transformers. Well, Should have tweeted that out. Our fans probably would have appreciated that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we didn't. We find out oh, after we the wound promotional up page. Oh, we did, but I, I could have tweeted yeah. something. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Here's the promotional page for Valvotron on the Valvoline website. Excited. That looks ridiculous. Yes, it does. <laughs> That's real bad. <laughs> real bad. <laughs> I kind of like how blocky it is. That's kind of cute, but other than yeah. that, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of funny, funny it looks, which is nice. It's kind of funny that it looks like a G1 toy, and it's it's promoting the very not G1 movies. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, that video was just hilarious because it's all these people being like, "Well, it seems like obvious like, cross promotion to me, though." A cart. No, it's just like, "Oh yeah, thank you, Waddlebots. Thank you, Optimus Prime, for saving the human race." And then it's like in the trailer, it's like Optimus going. For my planet to live, yours must die. <laughs> See, I didn't watch it with audio, so I didn't get that. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that, trail, that's, that part of the trailer is not in this commercial, but it's just very funny. 
yeah, that it's totally. for this specific movie where Optimus is not a nice boy. <laughs> and I mean, let's be it real. That particular this particular version of Optimus has never been the nicest boy already. Well, no. considering he has a penchant for wanting people's faces. Give and, me your face. Yeah. In last last movie, he was like the only Autobot that wasn't horrible and like like yeah, completely un, unsympathetic, but he still wasn't the best. Yeah. Grimlock pretty bad. Hmm? I, I was talking to Optimus from the movie. I was like, I don't need an oil oh, change right. yet. And he's like, actually, I fear you soon will be. Actually, you're right. Bumblebee was fine, too. But I was going to say, talk. Bumblebee's universally a nice boy in general, even when he's but being like a turd. He also didn't talk. So for all I know, maybe he was being like, you know. Eh, I don't know. I like to think even movie Bumblebee isn't too bad. No, he has been. I, I know the fourth movie was just weird. Like the third movie, none of the other movies did that. Where the Autobots were just unrepentant assholes. Like it was ridiculous. I don't know. But <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna kill some time though because uh, yeah, I mean they for the sign off. <laughs> they killed time like they killed Ratchet in that last movie. Yeah, I hear that. No, actually, no, I, I do I have one more that. thing I can show off since we're killing time, which is uh, <laughs> third-party company Perfect Effects is putting out a new version of their third-party uh, Leo Prime Leo slash Leo Convoy toy. I'm down with that. Uh, this one's called Origin Leonidas. Leonidus. Leonidus. Yeah, here I'll so, like, link it. Found that actual guy. <laughs> so can we have him kicking Megatron over a cliff? Yeah, I was gonna say. I think this is Cybertron. Oh wow, that looks it's, cool. Yeah, it's pretty fucking cool. It's. I love the pauldron. Yeah. So cool. The, the, the wow. Lines. I kind of really want it, even though I haven't even seen the show he's from. And that That's sword. Really it's, it's, sword. It's, it's super. It's like a, it looks. It's a behind there. It looks super Gundam to me, which I love. Oh, yeah. Gundam, so, well, that's the thing is the original version of this was like this one has a new lion mode head. The original version it was like way more fucking. It was like straight out of Zoid's head. Hmm. This still has a Zoidsy look, but it's a little bit more, a little bit more liony instead of ligery. Yeah, I want this. And saying he also comes with a new sword and. Uh, Different coloring and just a couple of tweaks to like things like the chest armor and stuff, and he looks fucking awesome, and I love him. Like yeah. he's pretty much my favorite animal. Aw, cool. That, that that no, that's not true. I just was saying the line from Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> oh, that have would be a liger. My bad. His favorite animal. It. Have you been to the liger preserve? No. <laughs> have you drawn any likers? I've. Uh, <laughs> Nunchalk skills. <laughs> okay. Let's see. So, but yeah, so this thing's $150, dollars, though, so I'm yeah. gonna... It's it's a little out of my budget. Wishful thinking. <laughs> hey, <laughs> listeners, if you want to buy me an expensive toy, uh, just go go ahead and ask... Uh, I'll, I'll give you my address if you promise to buy me this. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with that, Kay. <laughs> so, I suppose... Hey, we got some this- pretty generous people listening to these here audio entropy podcasts i'm sure some of them want to spend it on me for do actually uh, shout out um oh i know what this is yeah shout out chelsea uh she bought an ad for us like not us war and beast but for audio entropy yeah and that's crazy awesome thank you so much i'm not sure if you listen to this one 
Because you know we weren't included in your uh, in your sample. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't care. At all. I don't even know if we were going by the time she was working on the sample. No, absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm making a goof. You're amazing. Say, you actually like give the username Knit Specibus? Yeah, I wasn't. Sh- yeah, I didn't have it off the top of my head, and I didn't prepare things. So we don't do that. Oh, it's okay. I also I, I looked at the uh, at the uh, uh, at the Discord uh, users thing and scrolled yeah. down to make sure I was getting it right. Just want to say thank. We we all just want to say thank you to Superfan Chills. And yes. this, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. And it is greatly appreciated. And uh, anytime anybody, uh, if you ever want to to help out the Audio Entropy Network, uh, feel free to to contact any of the the cast of any of the podcasts, or even if you just want to go to the website, we do have the donate link there. And uh, anything that you might be able to to help out with it all goes back to you know just maintaining the site and uh helping joel out paying for the um for the actual like the the subscription fee for squarespace because joel is kind enough to be the one who who has set us up with that stuff so and he also is the webmaster does a lot of the work so oh yeah yeah, yeah. Help him out. <laughs> and if you want to buy stuff for me for my Transformers wishlist on Amazon, you can go to a.co slash lowercase g, capital Y, capital L, capital Q, lowercase v, lowercase L, capital X. Ha-ha! Ah, uh, good. Got that. <laughs> Great. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so did we have anything else that we would like to plug this week? I'll I'll plug They See Me Rolling again, which, by the way, they got new cover art for their uh, podcasting group. Yeah, it's actually really neat. Yeah, uh, I believe they said it was made by Keanu McMillan. Or Million? I'm not sure how to say the last name. <laughs> I've been meaning but, to draw them fan art, but I haven't got around to it. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, but as I've said before, you know, they're uh, a real play D&D podcast, and... More based on comedy, but it, uh, is it's actually pretty good and, and a lot it's of fun. It's great. Yeah. yeah, we had we had um, one of the uh, players on our show uh, two weeks ago, and they were great. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Trevor. Yeah. Yep. That would have been two weeks ago. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Emily, did you have anything you wanted to plug? Uh, yeah, you can get my art at uh, DangerChair dot tableau.com i'm hoping to have something up this week so cool. check that out and um i'm on twitter at this is emeralds and on instagram at this is emerald okay uh i have a podcast um you can actually if you don't want to itunes my podcasts i forgot that i have a blog spot that has an rss feed on it so you can find them all that way at kendallcast.blogspot.com um and hopefully that that's actually I'm gonna turn that into a dot something that's just like a website, but uh, that's where it is right now. Um, uh, this week, hope if if all goes according to plan, because we record this on Monday and the episode gets posted on Saturday. By the time this episode posts, I'll have posted a new ukulele video on YouTube, a new episode of the Pull List podcast on the Kendallcast iTunes feed. Uh, a new episode of the Katarn Collection on the iTunes feed, and a new episode of and uh, the I won't have posted it, but the person who posts it, uh, Brad, will have posted a new episode of Technodrome Tales, which we'll record on Thursday. 
So hopefully all of my podcasts are going to go up this week. Uh, so uh, if you want to have a spend your free comic book day listening to me talk, that's uh, that's what you can do. Also, free comic book day is uh, today, the Saturday that this uh, episode posts. So go to your local comic shop and uh, get whatever's left over. Except, <laughs> unless it's Marvel, in which case avoid it like the plague. That Ken- Kendall does not endorse that, I bet, but... Uh... I- I mean, yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm a little bit behind um, on the stuff. I, I've heard I heard that the Secret Empire uh, free comic book day issue is really good. <laughs> yeah, I'm never touching that event with a ten foot pole. Uh, how about you, Casey? Did you have anything you would like to plug this week? Well, I already fucking plugged my Amazon transformers. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to plug this uh, podcast called War and Beast. It has like these four goobers who talk about some dumb cartoon from the nineties. <laughs> it isn't even made with superior 2D Japanese animation. <laughs> uh, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't got much to say other than that. Last week, when Kendall was plugging his ukulele videos, I even though he does it every week, I thought he was saying he was like let's playing ukulele that had just come out. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, also, I feel like. Give me a couple more episodes and I'll be able to say all of your plugs by memory. (laughs) Uh, This week, I'm trying to think if, well, as always, check out AudioEntropy.com. Check us out on Twitter at WarrenBeast. And, of course, check us out uh, on Facebook. I think there's anybody who listens to this podcast who doesn't know what Audio Entropy is. Maybe. It doesn't matter. We still got to do it. Maybe they're looking for Beast Wars podcast and they just yeah. Find ours and maybe, yeah. maybe and they then, maybe uh, they heard me on Technodrome Tales for the yeah. Geeks Worldwide podcast network, and uh-huh. they were like, "Oh, well, this guy he seems to not know anything about Ninja Turtles. Maybe he doesn't know anything about Transformers either." <laughs> and they'd be right. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a good. Burn. I'm the point of view character. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're the um, Chinor. I'm Ezra actually, Bridger. Now, you're the network, Alex Roshenko. I uh, I did do an extra podcasty thing uh, this week with Molly. On our yes. Car- I don't think it's public yet, but it, we're working on it. Uh, there's a tweet that leads to the episode. All about mind control fetishization. Well, most it's about <laughs> Ivy, Poison Ivy. Yes, That's the what Batman. I said. It's all about Batman mind control villain. fetishization. Well, I know, but it's not f- specific. No, I, I know. About it's Ivy. <laughs> and um, uh, I'm not sure if she wants me plugging it because it was kind of like a funny like weird thing we did, but I, I, I'm proud of it. Well, I mean, I would hope that if you recorded it and put it out in public, the people involved wouldn't be like, yeah, don't tell anybody about it. Though. No, I know. I know. <laughs> I think fun, you're in the It was clear. a really fun time. Yeah. Have you, have you listened to Audio Entropy? <laughs> hey, I, you know... Let's place this on there. <laughs> well, that's the plugs. Yep. <laughs> that was it for this week. So I should have plugged uh, other audio entropy podcasts. I should have been like, yeah, listen to Let's Plays featuring Luke and a rotating cast of curious characters. There's a new TMR uh, transmission radio cast out this week. I'm so... This For month, those I of you say, who are okay with crying a lot. <laughs> this episode was, isn't super cry so you'll no. be okay. <laughs> I, want to, I think this was the... Was it the sixth episode? Uh, I want to say it was either the fifth or the sixth episode. Which means it's been out for six months, which is mind-blowing to me. (laughs) 
but no, it's we've definitely had some good responses to its transmission radio. Cosmic Call is another really good one. If you I want know. to hear more about BDSM and Dom sub relationships, you can listen to Totally Reprise. Yes. <laughs> I know that there is some bonus content coming out for Teenagers with Attitude soon. Uh, namely, one particular episode that Jordan and I were taking a part in. So hopefully that's. Oh, be yeah, that's getting, exciting. That's going <laughs> to be coming up in a, maybe another week or two. Uh, we're just waiting on some, some more words to when that will be going up. Uh, so keep keep your eyes peeled for that. You'll you'll probably hear us on on TWA coming up. Mike will probably mention something. But yeah, lots of great podcasts on Audio Entropy. So if you get a chance, please take a look. And as always, uh, feel free to to like and rate us on iTunes or Google Play, or just follow us on Twitter and Facebook. It doesn't need to be questions or anything like that. We're just happy to to have some folks who, who like to listen and you know follow also, us. Please send in questions. Yeah. yeah, we always like questions, but we'll, we will take any any question, any comment, and normally we'll we'll try and talk about it on the air. But yeah, there you go. It's been another week. It's been a, a heartfelt episode, I think, for for a few of us. Maybe not all of us, but it's been a spark episode. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, so for Warren Beast, I have been Greg. I've been Emily. I've been Jordan. I'm Kendall. I'm Casey. Let's roll. There must be some kind of way out of here. But I said the Joker to the thief. Wrong podcast. Oh, yeah. There's too much confusion. <laughs> <laughs>